Welcome people to episode 516 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everybody. And... Ian Loring, hello folks. Uh, excuse me, I just chugged some tea, so I was trying to try to just speak there before I actually exhale. We, we say our mouth. names too fast there, Mark. Did we say our yeah. names too fast? Do we need a to slow bit. down? Yeah, okay, yeah, it's yeah. our fault. Okay. I was holding in a belch. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> managed, to, managed to swallow it back down. Solid. Uh, yes. What have we got this week? What have we got this week, you lovely people? Um, Ian's going to chat, chat, chat about the Marvels. Uh, me and Rebecca didn't get to see it, did we? We did not. Um, we're also going to chat The Killer, uh, which <laughs> Ian has already watched, and we have watched because of the whole Netflix thing. Um, and I watched again. Yes, you did. And uh, we're going to chat about Dream Scenario, the pure comedy gold Nicolas Cage has never been funnier. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about that and pretend that nobody's seen any other Nick Cage films ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, plus, we've got the usual what we've been up to bits uh, on there. We've got some questions, um, and you know we've got some trailer chat. There have been some trailers uh, this week. There have been trailers. Uh, and yeah, we'll have the usual bits for that. Uh, we're a Pod Syndicate podcast. Uh, go listen to our friend's shows. Um, they're out there. You know they are. Let's go. Um, Ian. Mm. Ian. So. The strike yeah. has ended. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's been trailers this week because the strike ended. It, it, it has been kind of odd how uh, how literally it was like, the strike's ended and every single PR firm went, hit go on Instagram. Hit go on Instagram now, now, now. <laughs> I mean, it was, and it was funny because we recorded last week on the Wednesday, then overnight on the Wednesday night, they fucking announced it. Of course they did. Um, and then, like, immediately on the Thursday, Brie Larson is on the Tonight Show. Yeah. Uh, Iman Vellani is, like, doing fucking appearances at early Marvel's showings, you know, like, and it, and it, Timothy Shalom, it was interesting. Timothy Chalamet was going to host SNL anyway, in connection with his fashion brand. Um, oh, is, that, is that the one that... Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, okay. Um, some very good Timothy Chalamet content on SNL this week. There was a sequel to Tiny Horse, which I was very... If anyone's ever seen the SNL skit, Tiny Horse, there was a sequel, Giant Horse, and it was great. Um, solid content. Um, but yes, no, the, the strike is over. Um... It looks like the AI stuff has been kicked, the can's been kicked down the road, basically. Um, They're going to be allowed to use AI to tweak performances, basically, if it's like narratively justifiable and it's not like, it's not like suddenly, I don't know, Tom Hanks is like giving Nazi positive sentiments or something in a film where... I don't know, he's playing a Jew or something. You know, I mean, that's yeah. a bit of a fucking... But you know what I mean. Yeah, no, um, it wouldn't would surprise you if, if they went, can we make him do a white power sign? <laughs> um, my, yeah, my name is Otto's uh, sequel. It's very, very dark. Um, <laughs> it's very dark. Um, even, even, actually, I don't know. You'd have to have... No, I knew sport man called Otto that. Anyway, uh, cool. So, yeah, yeah, it... it like it kind of seems like the 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 deal is is all right. Um, it feels like the details haven't quite 
quite gone out there yet. No, um, it, it does seem a little bit more like it, it's very much a, let's all shake hands. Can we get back to fucking work now? Yeah, um, yeah, quite. I, I mean, it was the weird thing was on the because it came out they said that the deal happened on the um, the, the, the Thursday, didn't it? Effectively, mm-hmm. um, yeah. It's quite weird. You're seeing all these bits, and then I saw a. Um, an Instagram story um, from a friend of ours, Lizzie, who works in costume departments, doesn't she, mm. for films. Um, and she put out a, an Instagram story saying, thank fuck I can finally get back to work. And it just kind of, it just seeing that as, 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 a, as you know, someone we know, it's that, like that. And I'd never sort of had the, the cognitive, it hadn't clicked that, She'd been posting an awful lot about being back at home and you know and doing all, a lot of stuff. And I'm used to seeing a lot of her Instagram stories are sort of set based and work based. And it just it clicked there of yeah, it, it's it's not just you know it's not just that Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman couldn't do work on Deadpool three. It's the thousands of people yeah that go into making films yeah. <clears throat> And we'll see again in three years. Well, yeah, um, that's that that that's it. I mean, I I have a theory behind that. Oh yeah, we'll talk about it today, won't we, Max? Uh, so the there's a current, and I I actually said I predicted this about five years ago to you, didn't I, Bex? So I'm going to take credit for it now. <laughs> um, but it, it's no coincidence that the big streamers, which were at the table in these um, th- these discussions. So it was the studios which included people like, you know, basically Amazon because of they, the, the fact that they're at the table now. Netflix and Apple and uh, Disney were all there. Now, it's no coincidence that all of those companies have put their streaming prices up during the strike. You know, that's... It's no coincidence. It's also everybody is saying the same thing that Netflix are pushing the price up so much that they can literally that within the next few months they're going to launch a a selection of like there's going to be a four K plan that you can get for a tenner that will that comes with ads. So basically, what they're giving us now is just TV with ads that we pay a subscription service for. Mm. is essentially kind of what they're giving us. There's going to be that. And I, I will prefer, I prefer not pay the exorbitant fees, but I would prefer to pay a lower fee, have ads, and get the 4K content, etc. But at some point, during, between now and the the next deal that these guys have to make with the Writers Guild uh, and with the actors, um, with SAG, they're going to look at it and go, do you know what? the reason why this took so long is we were fighting with each other as much as we were fighting with them. We need to form like a bit more of a united front. How do we do that? And they're going to get together a form, some kind of package that we can have, that, that, that us as consumers can have, where we can get these streaming services, you know, as as some form of package. They'll include sport in it because the the biggest sports deal in the world is always the Premier League. And you can pretty much, I think, get every other soccer league in the world for less than the price that you can get for the Premier League. So that is going to end up somewhere within these deals because it would be cheaper for a collective company 
to uh, or conglomerate of companies to buy the rights to something than it would do just for Apple to buy it or Amazon to buy it. And so what we're going to end up with, effectively, is cable. Just streaming cable, where we'll pay a fee, where we all think it's great because it's a little bit less, and we just get all of them packaged together. And it's, it will just make it easier for them. That is a Ricky Lambert level conspiracy theory, and what I'm conspiracy. <laughs> well, it is because you're, you're like you're so... because because they're all conspiring to do all that and then jack up the prices and you know. It's a... But they have actually no, because they have increased the prices. I feel like that's the most offended by anything that I've ever said that you've been. Is it because I just compared you to Ricky Lambert? Yes. <laughs> all right, how about Matt Letissier? Even worse. Yeah, all right. Just, well, there just you leave Southampton players out of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's an interesting theory. I almost feel like there would be a um, uh, antitrust kind of uh, potential thing going on there if that did happen. Yeah, um, I, I, these companies are experts at working around those. No, yeah, I, d- I don't know. I mean, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. It's going to happen. People <laughs> said ages, years ago that Netflix wouldn't end up... No one would have said Netflix. You could bundle that in with your Sky package. So effectively, that's now. And you can bundle Netflix in with it. And you can bundle your Discovery Plus football package in with that and pay for it all at once. We're already halfway there. They also have, what is it? Is it Peacock they have on that? And Paramount Plus? Mm-hmm. So you throw in Disney Plus into that, and you've pretty much got the full shebang. But then, so what? So they're anticipating that people will pay that sort of an amount for that and that sort of amount for, like, Sky. 20 years ago, people used to pay 80 quid a month for Sky. Yeah. And that was where you got all your sport and all your films. Yeah. And then Netflix came along with the idea of that that will burst it. And gradually what's happened is we've had more and more streaming services come out, but the, 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 the pot of what each of these streaming services is just diluted yeah, by the what, fact that every single one that crops up it takes away from the other ones. What I'm saying, though, is Sky is now more expensive than it used to be and you can get less of your mm. stuff in one place. Exactly, that's the problem. So, what, we just want to pay double? Yeah, probably, yeah. No, I'll just learn to read more. <laughs> It's the way it's going. I are, I are paying the amount, the sort of amount that I pay for like Sky TV for then for a streaming service as well. Mm. I'd already like to streamline them because they're just not fucking worth it. Like Disney Plus to me, if they if they were going right every month, we're gonna put X amount of Fox movies into Star. And we're gonna start building up that catalog, but they're not. They're no, just they're making not. more and more fucking Mandalorians and Marvel series. Who gives a shit? Yeah, but they've also made Braun the Impossible Story. I you have to remember that. Braun the Impossible Story. <laughs> they bought that. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, so yeah, stop, so being, stop being a company plant. <laughs> so yeah, so they're just making shit that I'm not interested in instead of actually putting on stuff that I want to watch. Yeah, yeah. No, which, which yeah, I mean, that, that that's totally fair. I mean, the... The amount of streaming services that, that that we have have now it it is ridiculous and the the prices are mad and it's like I'll just touch very briefly on this but the fact that I'm paying Amazon Prime to 
piss on the on 007 with 007 race to road to a million or whatever the fuck it's called which was i watched the first 15 minutes of it and it was objectively offensive what I don't get about this is you've got the rights to, to bond effectively. All the cool shit you could do. Even like the cool like entertainment based shit that you could do with yeah. that. You know, even do you know what would be better than the race to a million or whatever it's called? What would be better is if you got an aircraft hangar and you got every single Bond car in it. And I'm not saying this would be good, but it would be better than this. <laughs> and just got fucking Richard Hammond to fucking talk about every single fucking car. Oh, no, no but that, that would be shit. But it would be goddamn better than a game show. It, the production value on that show is really impressive. It looks like it, and it will have cost a fucking bomb. Like, it looks really expensive, but I don't know. Five minutes in, you've got this guy, like, looking at a mountain and just going, like, that mountain looks proper naughty, done it? And it's like, right, yeah, that's that's broken me out the spell of this being a 007 adventure. Yeah. It's... They they firmly seem to at the moment with Bond just not have a fuck. They they are paralysed with fear over it. They don't know what to do because they struck gold with Craig, mm. and it worked so well, and it it made so much money. But not only that, it was critically liked. That they and- they just don't know what to do next with it. Because they know that no matter what, they're going to. It's going to be an uphill battle. Well, they want to replicate it, but at the same time, know that they can't just do the same because then they'll get criticised for trying to replicate it. And they spend all this money, and is anyone talking about that show? No, not at all. Nobody's mentioning it at all. I don't even know what it what it is. It's basically right, Brian Cox. Succession, Brian Cox, not astronomer, astrophysicist. Sorry, sorry. That'd be more interesting. I mean, it would be. It would be. Plays this guy called the Controller, and you've got real life people basically completing challenges the Controller sets. He's basically Richard O'Brien, um, to then like potentially win a million pounds. And it's like all these like crazy fucking challenges. So it's like the start of it is um, these people walking along, um, I think like wherever they, they shot the crane bit from Casino Royale. And there's like this thing tied up to a crane and they're like, oh my God. And it's like, shit, okay, are they going to go, are they going to have to like what, like walk up on that crane or some shit like to get it? And then it cuts, and it's like, actually, this episode's not about them. It's about these two cockneys. It's like, oh, all right then. <laughs> and a mountain that's proper naughty. And yeah. just, what? I mean, um, one of the reasons why no one's talked about it is because it's on Prime, and it's impossible to find anything on Prime. <laughs> but it's like, if they did challenge Annika with the Bond theme playing every now and then, if yeah. this was in the nineties, that's what this would be. And just got Sean Bean to present it. Fuck me, yeah, Colin yeah. Danica was great. But, but 
I mean, Charlie Daniel was a terrible Sean yeah, Becker. It really was. Um, <laughs> it, it, but yeah, just get Sean Bean to present it and, and just have it like that. You've got to, essentially, Sean Bean is a Bond villain hiding somewhere and you've got to find him every week. And you have, somebody is fucking Q giving you a hand. There you go. We've just written a better fucking show than that. Yeah. So, there you go. It's like, Amazon is like increasing the cost of Prime every now and then to fund stuff like that. And obviously they'll fund other things as well. But the thing is with Amazon... Obviously, you get the shopping benefits and stuff like that. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for that, if it, if I was just paying for Prime Video, I would drop it. I like it's that earlier, yeah. Yeah, it's just utterly, utterly inessential. Um, Netflix, like I don't know, I, I could go through them all, but there are small reasons why we would want every single one of these fucking services. But I said it a few a, a little while back for movie fans. Mm. who like want a good selection and some good newer releases as well sky cinema honestly i'm yeah. paying 13 pound a month i get paramount plus included with that i get two free view tickets a month thank you for fucking shouting that out jordan um and you know they they've got a lot of like a, a lot of stuff on there may december the new todd haynes film it's playing in some cinemas this weekend, but it's a Sky original. It will probably just be on Sky Cinema in a few weeks. I think I think it's like the um, I think it's the end of December. I think it is. Yeah, there between, you go. Yeah. I think I think it's between Christmas and uh, and New Year. Yeah, they, 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 there you go. You know, and it's like there's a lot out this weekend, so it, it does make me wonder if I'll get to it. But on it, honestly, Sky Cinema, man, they've got a lot of stuff in in um, UHD, and um, it, it yeah it. it Cracking, um, but any anyway, yeah. But I, 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 your your theory's interesting there. Let's see how more it plays than you out. Think on like ITVX and BBC iPlayer and stuff like that as well. Yeah, just, I, I never look at that because that's a good call. It's all like BBC shit. But I, I went on Just Watch the other day on something that I wanted to watch was on iPlayer, and I was checking out their bit, and there's not loads, but there's. What they've got feels chosen rather than just content. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll just, I'll just to give an example now, I'm just opening the BBC iPlayer and I go into films and I guarantee you we're going to be surprised on what some of the films will be on here. Because you can sometimes go in and go, what, really? And they, they're only on it, they're not on it, like, they're not there forever. They're, they're very limited um, in how long they're on for. But two seconds, of course, it's virtually impossible to actually find anything on there, though. It's better on the app. I'm on the app. Oh, yeah. Yeah, films, there we go. Um, the Nest 1917, the original Planet of the Apes, Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Fuck yeah. Blade Runner 2049, All the President's Men, and that's just the ones in the featured. Horror, Poltergeist, The Shining. Um, Apocalypse Now, the final cut. You know, blinded by the light. <laughs> Gravity's on there. The conversation. The curse of the cat people. Pan's Labyrinth, a simple plan. <laughs> the, 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 you know, the thing is, there, 
there it's instantly just opening the iPlayer weirdly there. Um, I found more films that I am interested in watching than I can look than if I opened Netflix right now. Mm. Yeah, I mean that that's that's crazy, you know. Yeah. And hey, and how much does that cost? Oh, it's the license fee. You got to yeah. fucking pay it anyway. Wild. Right. Yeah, it is. Should we do some trails? Because there's been some. Hey, in the, I, I, I will just say, there's only one MCU film next year. Yeah, it's one, isn't it? It's Deadpool 3. Deadpool That's 3. it. They are. There's a lot riding on Deadpool 3 saving the MCU a little bit. <laughs> but apparently, it's some sort of... It's going to be some sort of like celebration slash farewell to like the Fox era, yeah, like heroes, and because like uh, Jennifer Garner's in it as Electra, yeah, um, uh, and uh, then it, it it would seem like they're going to Reynolds is basically setting it up so that they are going to have to drop a dump truck of cash at his door to, to continue. And that's interesting because I figured it would end up then that like he is now in the MCU verse, mm. and apparently that this will cross over. That it's the way that they're going to bring the X Men into it, and just Deadpool mm. might kind of get dragged along. But Reynolds has very much said, "I don't mind the MCU stuff, but I wouldn't like to be like the a central plot in that. I'd like to just make fart jokes in the background." <laughs> Kind of get it, yeah. yeah. Good on him, and, but yeah. Anyway, only one next uh, next year. That feels like a good thing, mm. and then hopefully they'll just come back stronger. You know, like it'd be it'd be great for Marvel films to be good again. Yeah, it, it, it would. It, it genuinely would. Yeah, but let's 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 hold out and wait and see. They still haven't shit can blurred. <laughs> no, no they haven't. They, they, they've lost another director, another writer. Oh, really? Yeah. What, is Jan Demange not in, on it anymore? Apparently not, no. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. Mahesh Ali must just be sat there and every, like, six months he gets a new fucking check saying, can you just hold on? Here's another 500 grand. He should just direct it himself. <laughs> Fuck it, why not? Give him the keys. Yeah. Right, anyway, yeah, trailers. Trailers. Where's anyone want to start? Should we start Inside Out 2? Um, look, hey, I mean, Lottie, as soon as she saw anxiety, she was basically like, yep, yep, get that. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, like, she vibed with that trailer super, super fucking hard. So... The thing is, I think after it, I turned up and went, yeah, go on then. <laughs> interested to see what they'll do um i'm also mildly worried what um what pixar are going to do with anxiety (laughs) but let's fucking see i thought inside out looks shit it's really good it's not just going to be anxiety is it no it's it's going to be yeah she says like a we or something doesn't she so like yeah yeah Yeah. so it's gonna be puberty isn't it and it's interesting oh, yeah, as well because in I've... one of the older trailers that big red button is labelled puberty is it? yeah yeah. is mm. it? so who do we reckon is going to be voicing horny? <laughs> I don't think that, I think maybe they'll leave horny alone nah Get Sarah Rowan Atkinson doing Mr Bean <laughs> oh. knowing, knowing Hollywood because 
because weirdly Mr. Bean is really popular in Hollywood in spite of the fact that he's not over here. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what else have we got? Damsel. I didn't watch this one because it was Netflix plus Millie Bobby Brown equals... <laughs> did, I do not care. <laughs> you, you don't need to watch it. I'll tell you what happens. Nothing. Nothing. Mm. Like, do you remember they all. made an Enola Holmes 2? Uh, do, do you know they're making an Enola Holmes 3? Really? Yeah. What, before we get the Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes 3, directed by Dexter Fletcher? Yeah. I'm offended by that. Yeah. Yeah, they're making a Enola Holmes 3. But remember, remember, Millie Bobby Bound needs to get Stranger Things finished so she can concentrate on more important passion projects. I don't know why, but I thought you were just about to say Millie Bobby Brown needs to get the last Horcrux so she can defeat Voldemort. I, I mean, don't she, know why. She probably thinks she needs to. Yeah. Millie um, Bobby Brown just needs to sit the fuck down and go away. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, right, a trailer that offended the fuck out of me. He's left the room. Cat's gone out. His automatic feeder went off. Um, Magic ball. His magic ball part two went off. Um, Garfield, a movie that I forgot was happening, and I wished I'd still forgotten it was happening. We got Um, Garfield. I don't like the fact that he fucking eats lasagna for Christmas dinner. Why? He's not making you eat lasagna for Christmas dinner. I don't like the fact that he does it. We're going to need to interrogate this a little bit further. Um, Is there a specific thing that you want people to eat for Christmas dinner, or is it the fact that it's lasagna? So, if I was to say, right? So, if it was like a mac and cheese, there's a couple of layers, I think, from my point of view. So, like a lasagna. lasagna. Um, (laughs) One is that Mark has a very big like place in his heart for Christmas dinner. With all Agree. its trimmings. Yeah. So anyone eating anything else seems to offend him. And right. also, he really fucking hates lasagna as a concept. It's because of the bechamel sauce. You don't fuck with a bechamel sauce. Nope. What's wrong with bechamel sauce? Don't fuck with lasagna. Don't Is it like because it's sauce. a white sauce? Yeah. Right. That weirds some people out, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah all right. Like it. But it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's just okay, gravy with that. milk instead of stock. That sounds fucking disgraceful. Hey, you look, can, you don't I, even I have mean, to make it with bechamel. You can make it with like ricotta cheese. I I know he's not afraid of bechamel sauce, but I have a phobia of crisps, as you guys well know. So I can't really like. I'm just like, yeah, cool. That's your one of those. Yeah, it is. Uh, so yeah, th- that fucker has lasagna because I watched a Christmas special at the Czech, and he does. He eats fucking lasagna for Christmas dinner. I mean, I if if left to my own devices, I won't make a turkey with all trimmings for Christmas lunch. You're a heathen. i tell you what, though, right? I big, had... ugly cunts. Like, they shouldn't taste nice, and they don't even taste that much nicer than, say, a nice chicken. No. And they're worse than pork. You can have chicken... Oh, but do, do you know what I learned today? In work. Go on. What, what the Chinese translation for turkey is. Like, if you then translate it back to English. <laughs> Go on. Fire chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I discovered that 
in a training video that I have to watch for a course that I'm on for, for the next two days. Uh, that's pretty fucking cool. I like that. Do you know what I didn't like? The Garfield trailer. Gar- no, uh, again, Lottie laughed like a fucking hyena. I, I, it, do you know what? It wasn't so much the trailer as such. I was all right with the trailer. Mate, the, you can call my daughter an idiot if you the, want. I'm no, not going to be offended. It was the section after the trailer that was as long as the trailer that was oh, getting yeah. people ascend their cat and dog videos in to be part of the marketing campaign for the Garfield movie. There is nothing worse than someone showing you pictures of their cat or dog doing things or dressing up like a human or anything like that, apart from maybe when people show you pictures of their kids. Um, I don't. I mean, Lottie and I watch about 10 minutes of Instagram reels as she's going to bed like every night, and it's my feed, and all it is is either F1 stuff that we skip or dog content so see, i'm sorry I, I enjoy when i see pictures on your instagram and stuff of of kiki i'm fine with that it's that thing it's when people try and think that they're trying to get their dog or cat to do something weird oh yeah no it's got to be reportage it's got yeah. to be natural but people people aren't going to try and be natural here are they no. They're going to they're, they're going to try and dress their dog up as a person and there is nothing worse than that not a person, mm. it's a dog. Mm. Mm. The dog hates what you're doing to them right now. They're doing it because they think there's a treat at the end. Probably is though. Yeah, but that's just exploitative. You let the dogs be them. Like I, yeah. We were watched a video yesterday where it was like a minute long and there was this husky going like, like doing husky shit and like this, this toddler just kind of like kind of like shouting along with it. And they were just having a little back and forth. That was great. That was natural. Yeah. I, I, I saw the other day about a... It was somebody left a... Like, a, like the nanny cam things uh, in their room because they wanted to see what shit their cat got up to. And the cat mm. was literally on the lampshade, um, jumped up to the lampshade, and then was swinging itself round so it was swinging round. <laughs> like that. And the person just captioned it saying... This motherfucker never does this when I'm in the house. <laughs> I watched I, I watched a, about a five minute compilation the other day of cats being scared by foil. That's good. That's good. Cats being scared by cucumbers. About, is also cucumbers. Good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I was about to say that. Yep. One, yep. Just one other one as well. There is a great video on Instagram of a dog where um, someone like throws its toy and it's like it goes upstairs and it's like open plan stairs. And there's like this, and it goes up the it's stairs, yeah. and it's this railing there, and then you just like you see the dog like look at the human, confused human person. Fuck's sake, sorry, talking like fucking dog, um, but dogs don't think think people are human. Oh my yeah, god, do. sorry. Yeah, they call them human. Fine. Right. The dog runs up the stairs and then this fucking plant just flies off the fucking stairs. I've seen this one. (laughs) 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 We should just review fucking funny cat and dog video. I I mean, I would, but I would though. Like, honestly, honestly, right? Videos of dogs doing funny shit. Like, that's like... 
if I'm on my deathbed watching them while my loved ones are saying goodbye, I'm going to be at peace. The thing is there, the, there, is, there is a zenith of, of these. There's a zenith. There is an absolute, this is the best dog one and this is the best cat one. The best dog one is the guy who opens his door, the dog goes running out like a motherfucker and jumps into the pile of leaves. Th- yeah. That, that there is pure happiness in yeah. seven seconds. Yeah. That, that, that cannot sure. make me, that no matter how down I could be, that cannot make me go, that dog is having the best fucking day. And I love the fact that his owner has gone, I know what I'm going to do with all these leaves. I know what I'm going to do with all these leaves. And he's done that so his dog can be that happy. Mm, and that mm. is just the start of it. And the best cat one is the woman who opens the door and its door's like fully snowed in. And she goes, oh no, how will whatever a cat's called get his food now? And puts the food down the floor. And then all of a sudden you just, you just, you just a and the cat just appears out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> yeah, good. Glorious. Do you know what's Good. not glorious? What I turned off halfway fucking through? What? Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget. I, I don't know, man. The tagline at the end, get free range or die frying, is pretty good. The tagline might be great. Genuinely, it just fuck you hard, man. Go away. Absolutely, yeah. Fuck right off. Yeah, I, I mean, I've it, hated it, Arden animations since the first like time Wallace and Gromit graced our screens, though. So, yeah, I'm not really the right person. It's it's parochial Britain humour that will absolutely three out of five its way to being forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or worse, you know, yeah, it, that there trailer, is, there is no there's, there's nothing point, there. There is no point in putting any screenings of this on past three in the afternoon. Mm. Because when it finishes, it'll be too late for people. Yeah, 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 agree. Uh, what else have we got? Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. Fuck, I forgot to watch this. Um, They're doing seventy millimeter screenings in Leicester Square of this. Do you know what? Nice. Do you know what? There's there's a few things that I am liking about this. One, the absolute fucking just just like blood red fucking eye fume of people that just don't like Zack Schneider um, getting their panties in a wad about it, and the other bit of it going, yeah, but do you know what? It looks fucking fun, doesn't it? <laughs> Part one, Christmas. Part two, Easter. Fucking yep. go on then. Yep. It, do you know what? This looks so expensive. Yeah. It, it looks. It looks so expensive. I need to watch this. It All looks, right. It looks Avatar levels of expensive. All right. And and he's already said that he's gonna do like R-rated director's cuts on Netflix of them as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit in a trailer where where Charlie Hunnam appears, and it, it it's almost like the film goes, "Hello, handsome." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, cool. It's Sophia Patel is the lead in this, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, that rules. Yeah, that does fucking rule. 
Yeah, I'm very nice. up for that. Do you know what else I'm weirdly up for? Hmm. Madam Web. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. So, yeah, uh, we were talking about this in the boy chat before um, Mark, and I'm assuming Becky got the opportunity to see the trailer, and it was Noel first, and he was just like, I wasn't expecting that. And then I was kind, I was kind of surprised by the fact that after watching this trailer, it's like, all right, where it, there's no lycra, yeah. but also that's that's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm, I like, sure, actually, um, if this is just going to be some comes out in mid February mid-budget, maybe there'll be one or two action sequences, but other than that, it's Dakota Johnson trying to protect a bunch of late-teens kids while solving a mystery about her past. Yep, with a piercer. Sh- I, sure! I, I kind of get the feeling that, that like, for Dakota Johnson, they went, oh, and this is the outfit, and she just went, no. All right, well, what about this one? No. All right, what do you think? Mom jeans and a jeans t-shirt. top. Yeah. Maybe a blazer. So what you're wearing now? Yeah. Go on then. Right. right. But you will need to wear a costume. Paramedic? Fuck it, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, just go on then. I'm up for it. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, it, yeah, I mean, it, it just, it's... That trailer is not what I, I was expecting from that at all. Holy shit. Emma Roberts is in it as well. <laughs> yeah. In an undisclosed role, which means she's probably a villain. Yeah. Yeah. She'll wear a costume. Yeah. Yeah, she's um, got a Becky, <laughs> Becky, you're not just reminding me of the thing I just texted you now, are, are you? I was gonna, yeah. What? What? I actually mean it. Can you guys please? Re- can you please remind me? Sorry, Mark does that to me all the time. I'll be like, "Oh, Mark, remind me to double check I've unplugged my straighteners before I leave the house." Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. Hey, Bex, have you unplugged your straighteners? No, I'm literally still using them right now. Off, Mark. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to talk about what what I'm talking about there because otherwise I'll need to remember to remove that as well. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, cool, yeah, trailers. Any other trailers? Any other for any other? Oh, shit. Um, oh, fuck. Why did I think there maybe was? Um, uh, 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 oh, um, hang on. The trailer for John... Well, a teaser for John Krasinski's new one has literally just come on Rotten Tomatoes trailers 18 seconds ago. Imaginary. Imaginary Friends, yeah. I'm going to watch this now. What is it? What's this bullshit? Oh, fuck off, Hang on. Oh, this is weird. You've got the same YouTube ad I have. Yeah, the, what is it? The Weetabix things. I, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what. Just leave that on, because I've got my phone on mute at the moment, but I can just listen through your, your fucking feed. <laughs>
a blue house. Imaginary Wait. trailer tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, hang on. That's not... Okay, that's not the Krasinski one. That's something completely different. Or at least I'm assuming it is. Krasinski's doing this film called Imaginary Friends where it's like Ryan Reynolds is in it. Um, and it's not... At least I don't think it's that. Hang on. Unless he's voicing the what is it? No, a girl goes through a difficult experience. Uh, who goes through a difficult experience begins to see everyone's imaginary friends who have been left behind as their real life friends have grown oh, up. Yeah. Oh no! So that's called if. So apologies, it's not the John Krasinski one, but cool. What? It's about an imaginary friend who's a who's fucking evil. So imaginary apparently is a woman returns to her childhood home to discover that the imaginary friend she left behind is very real and unhappy that she abandoned him. So it's like I, a a dark version of Drop Dead Fred. Yeah. So so no, hang on. So there's two imaginary friend films next year. One of them yeah. is this horror film, whatever this is. Does it say who directed it? There, Jeff Wadlow. Oh fuck! Cry Wolf and Kick Ass Two's Jeff Wadlow. Yep. There's a sign of quality, if ever there was one. Yep. Um. Oh fuck! Did he do? Shit, what's that one? Um, True for Dare. Uh, True for Dare, he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, Kevin James action comedy. Um, True Memoirs of an International Assassin. What a career that guy's having. Um, yeah. But, okay, so we got that, and we got like a John Krasinski family comedy imaginary friends one. As well, I honest because it said the imaginary teaser, imaginary friends are real. I thought that it was imaginary friends, the John Krasinski film. Um, so apologies, but that one's like Aquafina, Emily Blunt, Ryan Reynolds, Matt Damon, Sam Rockwell, Steve Carell, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Vince Vaughn, Richard Jenkins. That's fucking cast. Um, two of those films: it's the Deep Impact, Armageddon; it's the Volcano, Dante's Peak. Of yep. 2024. Dueling imaginary friends films. Yep. Well, we'll talk about the full trailer next week. What a treat. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. Uh, any other for trailers we don't do? We? Should, we watch, should we review a film? Wait there, guys. I, I, I feel like you're rushing us and I feel uncomfortable, Mark. I, I am um, definitely not. I'm just, I just want to... These trains are rolling. I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna make sure that we're not rolling without missing any passengers. Are you check it. See if we're missing trailers. I can confirm we're not missing any passengers. I apologise. Please. <laughs> Dream scenario is directed by Christopher Borgi. <laughs> uh, and stars good cast actually: Nicholas Cage, uh, Julianne Nicholson, uh, Michael Sarah, Tim Meadows. Dylan Baker um, and other people, of course. And what is it about? Let's get the IMDb up so we can find out what they think it's about because that's always fun. Let's uh, so have a little look here. Uh, dream scenario. A hapless family man finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. When his nighttime appearance takes a nightmarish turn, Paul is forced to navigate his newfound stardom. Uh, yeah, it's fairly accurate, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Bex, what do you think's a dream scenario? You're you're, you're a, a a cage <laughs> apologist here, and um, you astral project often. Yes. Uh, yes, obviously, yeah, there is that. Um, yeah, no, really good. I not what what I was expecting from the trailers. It makes it out to be quite light and kind of fun, and it mm-hmm. it, it ain't that. It's quite bleak, quite sad, and left me wanting to just give Nicolas Cage a hug. It's produced by Ari Aster, which almost tells you everything you need to know. Yep. Um, Was not surprised to see that name crop up. No, no. Mm. No, but it's it's very good. I think it's it's a good, if slightly heavy-handed at points, sort of... um, glance at modern culture and how fame works within that, how cancel culture works within that and all that kind of shit and I think I think it's quite an interesting look at like grown ups who are removed from that being their day to day look at those kind of things but also and not immune to them, if that makes sense. Because, hmm. like, Nick Cage is just looking at it going, well, hang on, what the fuck? I've not actually done anything. Like, surely common sense will prevail. And then there's the sort of meeting in the gym with all the kids, and you're kind of like, oh, fucking Gen Z. But at the same time, it is college friends, misses, reacts like an idiot about it as well. Hmm. So... Yeah, I think I thought it was really interesting. I thought Nicolas Cage was fantastic in it. Um, I thought the wife was pretty good in it. She she did quite a good. There was quite a good thing there with her, kind of discouraging him from the start, but then also using it to her own advantage to get a promotion onto a project that she wanted to do. So that was like an interesting little comment as well. Um, his general mood feeding into the dreams was something you picked up on earlier, wasn't it? But yeah. So I'll let you talk about that. But that was an interesting little sort of snippet in there as well. Um, I do feel like it, it would have potentially been a little bit more satisfying if there had been some kind of, oh, okay, this is why that was happening. Um... But then at the same time, I think leaving it ambiguous doesn't harm it. Um, Yeah, and if they do come up with some kind of ad thing to sell your shit in your dreams, then I'll be unsubscribing from that as well. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I liked it as well. And just to echo Becky's point, I mean, like, the fact that the at least the marketing in the UK is like this poster of like, like Nicolas Cage upside down or something, isn't it? And then just these, these quotes of like the funniest performance Nicolas Cage has ever uh, given a comedic gold. And it's like, yeah, okay. I thought that the way that Nicolas Cage is just walking along in those dreams and just looking at shit. (laughs) I thought that was funny. He enters each one in the same kind of like war. It's just doing like the hunched over yeah, yeah. kind of like sad sack kind of 
you know, and just like, I've never seen this kind of mushroom before. And then like, the, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, that, that, you know, that, that is, that is funny, you know, um, but it's, a, it's very much a film of two halves in, in that kind of respect where like, where he's on the high, you know, there, there's some funny shit in there, but then you've got like that 10, 15 minute sequence where he's trying to get with the girl who was, um, I don't think you guys ever watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix, but she was the daughter in that. I was trying to place her for fucking ages. And it was like, oh, shit. Okay, yeah, that's her. Um, I'm getting old. Um, so that was fun. Um, and and then it, it's like that, a 10, 15 minute sequence where it kind of feels like it's try it, it's going for a vibe shift and like it's uncomfortable, like very uncomfortable and some people might find it funny. And then after that, it's just fucking sad for like the rest of the film. Um, and I, I, I think the best way in my mind I was saying it to you and that I could describe it was it felt like at the start we were watching like a Hal Ashby movie and it, like, even with like the look of it and everything like that. And then all of a sudden there's like this switch where he comes fat and then we're into a Nicholas Rogue movie. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. And it, the, the thing is, I thought it was interesting because like, obviously it's, it's talking about council culture um, and it's, it's got this aspect of like clear-eyed, purely logical point of view. It is ridiculous that he's going through this stuff. It is obviously nothing that he is doing mm. and it's people making him out to be a monster. But... It's that ineffable, like, just like, if people are dreaming intensely bad shit about someone every night, and which, you know, could be like just enge- like indulging in this shit in social media and just drowning yourself in all of these opinions of this person, which I, I think is what it's a euphemism for. Mm. If my, you know, that's my read of the film anyway. Yeah, that's it. So and, yeah. you know, and, and then it, so, it just soaks into your being. As in this film, I think if you were having really intense nightmares about this guy every single fucking night, you know, and he's like fucking with your sleep... I could see how it's like, it is completely illogical, but no, I do not like him. Go, It almost becomes like an instinctive thing for the people in this film. But then you're focusing on this person who hasn't, like, at, you know, actually actively, outwardly done anything, even though it seems like the dreams do turn when he actually, like, it, 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 it does something a bit naughty. That's Even it, though that is basically premature ejaculates and farts. Well, he the thing is that's it. At the start, he's very much the film levels him as he, he's kind of a, a passenger. You know, mm. he you know mm. you have that establishing bit of him talking to um, the woman who's publishing a paper, and he's saying, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book, and he's like, well, I haven't actually written any of it. So he very much is somebody who observes things and doesn't contribute. Yeah, and that's what he's doing in the start of them. And then there's the whole, he has the conversation with his wife about, you know, do you think people see you naked? Do you think people are that? And it, it, it gets him horny. And then people start having horny dreams about yeah. him. And then the woman does use his theory with the ant thing. And what is it? And he gets angry. And then people start having angry dreams about him. Intelligence. Yeah. And people start having these angry dreams. It, it, it's almost, but it's not, 
the, the film oh, it, it, it isn't there absolutely going at no point is it like oh my god it's almost like people are dreaming within your emotions it just mm. it's just there you see that's the thing i thought it was like that he like basically tried to commit infidelity and it was almost like a moral thing of right now shit's going to go bad for you but your your way of explaining it like yeah that also fits and i will say i think fits better um, it's, it's, it's a really, really interesting it's a really clever it's a really clever film in the sense that it at no point does it lean into too many of the points that it's trying to make it doesn't go too heavy handed uh, with them mm. it's very obvious what it's doing but the idea that he is very a very normal guy but also, they don't paint him out to be just an absolute fucking saint. No. Um, a, 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 as well. But effectively, like I think we, we, you both said there, it, he's he's being like essentially victimised for, for just existing. He has no... I mean, you got in trouble this morning for what you did in my dream last night, so... I did, yeah. And it, I think that is valid. Yeah, apparently, yeah. <laughs> so... It's I, I I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the feel of it as well. It's so uncomfortable to watch. Mm. Yeah. I, but it's meant to be. So like it's it's successful, but yeah, it's it's a real kind of uh, kind of watch, isn't it? Yeah, it's been the best that, Cage has been for a while, and Cage has been decent for the best like God knows that, how long. It's not the best. That cage whole it's great in everything. That whole sequence with that like assistant girl. Oh, it's so... But it, it, just it, all of it in the bar when he when she go they go back to hit hers and it just fuck man and like I, I thought it was clever as well that you have the person take the photo of them and then I was convinced that was going to become part of it and it yeah, never does yeah, yeah, like, yeah I, I thought that I, 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 even when she sort of said who's Molly yeah yeah thinking, yeah yeah you're thinking you know that that, that something's going to happen or that later on she's when everyone's turned against it she's going to turn up in a news thing saying that. You know that he tried it on with her or anything like that, and it doesn't. It just decides to go nowhere with that. But it, even like yeah, that scene, it, it's so it it's tragically funny. That's where it, the story becomes like a tragedy in, in a sense there, yeah. because you're looking at it going, this guy, you know, it's he's he's almost like committing infidelity, like just out of curiosity or chance. Rather than actually fucking chasing it, I don't. I don't know, but I mean, there is also. I mean, there is also some. This woman finds me attractive. Oh, yeah. Like, let's it, it, you know, it, let's go. Oh, you know. It's, it's, it's absolutely that. It, it, it's the he said it earlier. I'm not cool enough to have an affair. It's what he says earlier, mm. and then all of a sudden he's like, "Hang on a minute, I've got this this young." attractive girl who wants who's who's having these things about me and I might get to actually enact this this is this I don't know what to do with this and then it's just it's like he's almost going along in it going I can't really say no because this will never happen to me again but also he knows he kind of should just be out of the fucking room mm. <laughs> and then he parts comes and runs away yeah just do that <laughs> It's oh. yeah. I mean, it, it's 
it is an interesting film, and it's it's kind it's kind of lightweight, like it's kind of in and in and out. But mm. I and I yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it, it's going to stay with me or anything. But oh. I thought it was just a yeah a really interesting bit of work. Donna Donna wants to watch it, but she she couldn't come to the cinema this weekend. So I'm thank you, honey. Um, Lottie has just delivered me two Heinekens and a pound has been delivered into your bank account. Thank you very much. But um, it, it's it's really interesting to see a, a a look at cancel culture that isn't coming from it from the left or the right, especially probably more left leaning than right leaning for sure on this. Mm. But it isn't objectively this is one side of this is the other side. But as well, it's looking at cancel culture not from the medium of controversy or anything like that it's just very much a what if somebody got cancelled for literally nothing well he actively avoids the controversy side of it doesn't he yeah he doesn't want to be on joe rogan and whatnot yeah yeah again that was really clever yeah because i i then there was a point where he could have done it as like uh well he's he's enjoyed being famous so much mm. that he now can't differentiate between good and bad yeah. fame and he does go down that route but they didn't take it there and I'm glad about that because yeah, it made it so much easier to root for him in the end when he's trying to reach his wife through through her dreams in his big suit mm. and like root for them to get back together but then you also have the bit again where the film fakes you out again is when you've got the, the bit where the dreams stop and you've got the thought with him and it all starts burning away and the voiceover's going mm. I was thinking Oh God, no! Is it going to announce that he's on some right-wing talk show? Mm. And it done. Yeah, I, I did I like th- the. I thought that bit in the school was a dream. Was a dream. Yeah. And it wasn't. That's fucking horrible as well. Like that's that's some real waking nightmare shit. That like he mm. just he just wants to get in there and then accidentally chops her fingers off and then she's like attacked me and like that oh my god it's horrible um but again it's like from the other people's point of view and it uh, just it is utterly illogical and it's just like the way the human mind works that you you kind of understand how people would maybe get to that position with him if you were dreaming horrible shit about the guy having their dreams (laughs) Yeah, you know, I mean, and oh god, I really liked as well that it like the version of murder in his daughter's dream was just him doing that fucking freaky run at her. Yeah, because she doesn't necessarily understand the concept of being murdered, but she does understand something scary coming at her. Yeah, like like that that was a great detail. Yeah, and it, it, it's the it's the walk that he does at one point in Mom and Dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which it, is great. It's it's a good little film. This fair play. Yeah, yeah. I, I I really really it's the most four out of five movie I think we've watched of the year. Mm. Yeah, that's a yeah. I, I I mean that in a very positive way, and doesn't fuck around. You know, hundred minutes. Yeah, I would have said it was longer. It felt longer. It felt longer, but. I, it didn't feel baggy. We get past Christmas and New Year. I think I need to do Hereditary in Midsummer again. Like yeah. I, I, if, I, I, I'm kind of up for that in the New Year once we've got past all it, that that stuff. 
like, I'm going to give Bo is Afraid another watch before like end of the year kind of stuff because it's definitely top 10 consideration, if not top five. Um, yeah. And then with, with Asta producing this as well, I feel like I need to give the guy another shake. Yeah, yeah, definitely not shit, man. Like you say, the most four out of five film of the year, and that's not damning with faint praise. Oh yeah, def- definitely not shit. Um, let's have a look. I'm guessing you're definitely not shit, Bex. Yeah, definitely not shit. Our audience poll. Uh, definitely not shit. Seventy six. No, sorry, sixty seven percent, and shit thirty three percent. That's on Twitter. Let's have a wee little look on uh, the gram and see what that's saying. Uh, oh, 100% definitely not shit. Nice. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Shall we? Shall we do some what we've been up to and then we can swing back round to another main review? So. Sure. Ian, what have you been up to? Yo. Okie dokie. Um, so, um, no F1 this week, but it's the Las Vegas Grand Prix this week. Um, which the the people of Las Vegas seem to be thrilled by. Um, They're not happy. Are they? <laughs> see, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It seems like super disruptive. I, it I does. yeah, I, but it, it's it's gonna be something. Um, fucking the qualifying and the race are on at ten p.m. at night. The practice sessions are midnight local time, um, which is wild because it's. They must be doing that because of like businesses and whatnot. Because the temperatures, it's going to be the coldest F one race in a good long while. Uh, they're actually worried about the tires and crashes and stuff. So it, it's going to be and that court, that track as well. It's high speed, but then a lot of really tight corners. So I think there could be some fucking carnage. The race is six o'clock on Sunday morning at UK time. Um and uh I, yeah I'm here for it uh I'm looking forward to Carnage um we're gonna be talking about Braun the Impossible Journey next week on the show as well yeah, I'm gonna aim I'm gonna aim to watch the Netflix Cup for next week which is where they got some F1 drivers and some golfers to do a live Netflix sports event that was live on Netflix last night uh. Where, yeah, they've got F1 drivers and golfers playing golf in Las Vegas. Um, it's interesting that Netflix doing live sport. Like, your your um, conspiracy theory could... Um, uh, your Ricky Lambert-esque conspiracy theory <laughs> could could really um, show some uh, show some produce there, bud. Sorry, nice Ricky Lambert-shaped cucumbers. Who the fuck yes. is Ricky Lambert? Ricky Lambert is an ex-footballer. Who has gone fully down the fucking Matt Latissier rabbit hole? Matt Latissier, I know he, his name. He's also a footballer. He's also an ex-footballer. It just seems like there was something in the water at Southampton. He, uh, he had a, but he had a little bit of like a fairy tale later stage career, didn't he? He did. He came to Liverpool. Uh, he's he's a scouser. He came to Liverpool, his boyhood club, and became a number nine, and was woeful. Oh. Like uh, yeah, it was terrible. Like, <laughs> I, I, I like because he was a Bristol Rovers guy, which is kind of like how I originally knew him. And then he was he was at Southampton, and then he went to Liverpool in that kind of like that kind of like stage where Liverpool just seemed to buy Southampton players all the time. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, like he played for Liverpool. 
he was shit. And he got like a couple of England call ups, and I think he got one or two goals. He did, yeah. But and this was only this was only what like six seven years ago. He, he joined Liverpool. He, he had one season at Liverpool, uh, and it was two thousand and fourteen to fifteen. Fuck off! It was that long ago. Yeah. God's sake! But so yeah, he had this like kind of fairy tale later stage career, and now he is just fully fucking conspiracy theory yeah like not job mm-hmm. so yeah Ricky yeah. Lambert um, uh, uh, Mark, Mark, um, Mark shares similarities with him <laughs> fucking does not uh, apart from being a Liverpool fan um, yes the rumours are he massively failed um, Klopp's no dickhead party oh okay fair <laughs> nice yeah uh, any, anyway, anyway, uh, I'm sure I'll talk about Las Vegas Grand Prix next week. Look forward to it, everyone. I'm sure you are. It would be nice to actually get maybe some listener feedback on, like, if you just don't want me to talk about that kind of stuff, don't. Um, but, that you know, let's, let's just see how that goes. I will also say as well that I attended uh, Cardiff City versus Norwich on Saturday. Um, uh, the best first half of football I'd seen Cardiff play this season and were winning 2-1, lost 3-2. Oh. Uh, so yeah and uh, the crowd was not happy was not happy I will say that right so uh, in terms of films so yeah I'll, I'll um, no no I'll, I'll, I'll climax with the Marvels which uh, might be in a, a little bit inappropriate um, considering one of the other films I'm going to talk about but I will start not not climaxing for sure with Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part one so uh uh, the, the the girls and I had been watching the Harry Potter films earlier in the year and Lottie, like, bless her, was, like, finally, like, right, yeah, I think I'm ready for Deathly Hallows Part 1. We watched, like, the first half an hour ago earlier in the year, I think it was, and she got a bit freaked out, but made it made it all the way through this time around. Um, right, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows does, did not need to be two films. Um, nope. Basically, for long-time listeners to my ramblings... Um, I had quite the ding dong with Mike Chinstroker back in the day <laughs> yes, about about uh, Deathly Hallows Part One, um, and I still maintain the shit in the woods did not need to be nearly as long as it was. I I, I, I believe you at one point said something, I'm maybe paraphrasing slightly, but I'm going to get it on what is it. I'm sorry, but I didn't need to watch them go on a fucking camping trip for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's maybe not an hour, don't get me wrong, cool. But but the thing is as well, it's like Ron gets fucking pissed off about the fact that he's injured and recuperating and Harry and Hermione are having conversations. And I think at one point they hold hands at one point. And he's all a bit like, right, well, fuck the both of you then. Fucks off for a while, which means Harry and Hermione are just being miserable for a bit. And then he comes back and he's just like, yeah, I came back. There you go. All right, then. It's like, cool. That was 45 minutes of my fucking life. I'm never going to get back then. Um, so honestly, like that that film, it's got some good shit in it. That That's the annoying thing. And there's stuff in the camping stuff that's good. Like there's this like ra- wizard radio they're listening to. And there's this montage of them just traipsing through. Like, really fucking shit English countryside. Like, it's not a good advert. Um, the English countryside while, is shit. 
Yeah, well, yeah. While uh, they're, they're, they're doing this report about, like, wizards who and, and, and witches who have gone missing that day. And it's just this, like, two-minute montage of just names being read out. And it's, like, it's impactful. It really is. And the, the Dobby death at the end, like, yeah, man. I mean, like, Lots was, like, pretty fucking sad about it. And he saved the day. You know, so, I mean, it, there's there's that as well. But I remember really liking part two, you know, because it's like the triumphant end. It's like this, honestly, could have just been the first half of a three-hour-long film. Because the thing is, part two is, I, if I remember correctly, just barely over two hours long. It's maybe like two hours ten with credits. I think so. Yeah, and, and it, it, you know, they're just, they wanted to make two films. And I, you know, I get it. But it's interesting because Francis Lawrence, the director of the most of the Hunger Games films, has said if he added his time back, he would have done Mockingjay as one film. And, um, you know, which is like hindsight is easy to say. I do wonder what David Yates would say. Um, it, yeah. David but, Yates would say, I got paid for two films. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. But look, um, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's a decent, it, it's decent. It's not the worst. It's not the worst Harry Potter film, you know. Like Chamber what of Secrets, I think probably Chamber Which of Secrets comfortably takes that. The second one. The second one, Michael. So you know, and it, it, but it's, yeah, it's filler. Uh, Mike, I would love to have a discussion with you about that, like fucking 12 years hence 13 years hence fuck me harry potter and the deathly hallows part one is 13 years old um when they talk about doing a tv series of like all the books and stuff like that now it's like in a way i kind of get it because those films are getting old yeah so yeah yeah okay just looking at uh, i'm just looking at the other um david yates films what, state of play, pain hustlers, and the beasts. Uh, on his on his um, Wikipedia, he literally only has listed the Harry Potter movies, Legends of Tarzan, and Pain Hustlers. But I didn't know he, he was Theo Walcott's uncle. Really? Yeah. That's kind of a funny claim to fame for both of them. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Uh, personal life. Yeah, it's a younger brother and elder sister. He's married to Yvonne Walcott. He's the uncle of former professional football Theo Walcott. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, uh, I, I think I'll talk about part two next week. I'm looking forward to it. And then we're watching the Beasts films. I've only watched the first one, so let's see how that goes. Right. We'll so. pray for you. Yeah, thanks. Um, lots is enjoying it all, though, you know. And yeah, but she the likes animals, so. shit. Yeah, I, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a rough go. Yeah. Uh, right, uh, okay, uh, rewatch Tenet. Um, oh. um, yeah, I think I'm jealous of that. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's a film that get just like every single fucking time. There's there's new shit to enjoy. Um, apparently, I've reviewed it on Letterboxd four times, so <laughs> I've now watched Tenet four times. Uh, you know, which is is less than I've watched Top Gun Maverick, I believe. Um, I or the actually, same. I think you can actually check that, can't you? Do you remember? Yeah, you yeah, you can. Yeah, you didn't like it. 
I know, but the, the, and the thing is, I've I've said before, and I I still maintain. I was in the front row at an IMAX. Oh, yeah. oh no, no, no! I'm not. I'm not knocking you for it. I'm saying it's just wild, like how that the yeah. actual situation of your watching can affect your enjoyment so much. Like it's same film, same sound quality, all that kind of shit. But just, I think it's it, it can be overwhelming in IMAX if you're too close. You see the the thing that I, the thing that I do with Tenet is I turn the subtitles on. Hmm. You know, yeah. and, and 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 but the thing is, I kind of with the subtitles on, I'm cool with the sound mix because it is Ludwig Göransson's score just going really fucking hard, and I'm that's fine. I'm I'm absolutely okay with that. If I can read what they're saying and have that score go that hard then that's that's all good and it was interesting because i did a bit of an experiment with this as well where i um well i say interesting becky it's not going to be interesting i'm sorry <laughs> um but i um i did a comparison of the the 4k which by the way i bought the um last copy on hmv's ebay store of the um hmv first edition of tenet which has got way better fucking 4K cover art than the traditional 4K of Tenet. And I'm very, very happy with it. Um, so well done me for that. But um, yeah, so I watched most of it, the 4K disc, which does the full IMAX framing when it's IMAX. It's got the uncompressed 5.1 uh, 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 Dolby True HD, I think it is, but it's not Atmos because uh, Nolan doesn't fuck with Atmos and he should. Um and I did that, and then I watched about 15 minutes of it in the iTunes, because I bought it on iTunes as well, um, 4K Dolby Vision version. So this is the thing. I like my Dolby Vision. Nolan doesn't like his Dolby Vision. Mm. Like His disc presentations are all HDR, so I do wonder what he thinks about about Dolby Vision. But I watched it in Dolby Vision for a bit, and with the compressed 5.1 soundtrack. And it was just like, to be honest, this A-B comparison is one of the best arguments for physical media I actually think you can get. Yeah. The 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 picture quality, it is better. There is less digital noise. Like, there just is. It isn't as... It's not as if it's pixelated, but compared to the four the four K disc, it is. But also having that uncompressed soundtrack for that film compared to the compressed Dolby Digital, it is actually day and night. Yeah. And this is through the same TV with the same sound profile. It is day and night. And it fucking rules. It is so much more impactful. And it, 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 you know, it's just one of those, it's just, just one of those shots in the arm that every now and then, and then that I need when my brain goes a little bit doolally and I'm like, actually, maybe I don't need all these fucking discs all over the place. No, I do. I do. You don't, the way that I look at it, I mean, Tenet, I've done the same thing as you, as you, as you did there, where I watched like the first five minutes um, on, um, the iTunes copy I've got, and then I watched the first five minutes on the disc, and even the the the, the fucking logo at the start, I was like, "All right, yeah, this is better." 
they're both 4K, yeah. but the disc is better. And it made me go, do you know what? I've just bought a 4K player. I didn't really need one. I just got one because I wanted one. I was curious. But it made me go, do you know what? A little bit of a curated selection yeah, of films. certain films kind of thing. It is, is how I will approach this. And I, I'm kind of I'm kind of all right with that. Um, I've got my a little 4K cupboard <laughs> that I will keep the 4Ks in. And I'm happy with that. And I'm not even keeping it in my brain as going, I'm just going to buy my favourite films here. I'm just going to buy films where I go, do you know what? Yeah. That, I, I, you know, that I think is going to kind of pop a little bit. But, I mean, it, it's it, it's interesting. Just to say on Tenet, the, there is a very early example of a picture quality comparison you can do where very, very early on, there is a shot, like literally in like maybe the first 20, 30 seconds, there is a shot of a car window uh, windscreen from inside the car and it racks focus to the, like the, the the windscreen it focuses on that and some like water on the windscreen and even comparing those two it's like fuck yeah all right fair enough mm-hmm. it is it is night and day it, it's it, it's pretty pretty wild um tenet's tenet Tenet fucking rules. I do just want to say as well before I forget. So it, it, but like with the physical media stuff, it's like the 4K of Scrooged came out this week, mm-hmm. and um, in a 35th anniversary edition, and uh, there, there's the 4K on iTunes as well, but that doesn't seem to have iTunes extras on it. The disc is fucking loaded and has a apparently. Never actually released previously commentary by Richard Donner on it. Ooh. And it, and it's like, yeah, I want to listen to that. That dude's fucking dead now. Like, like he's he's never gonna like I'm I'm glad that we have this where we didn't think think we'd ever have it. Mm. Um and you know, so that's a treat, but but twenty two ninety nine. is twenty two ninety nine on Amazon. Yeah. And I get it because I'm a fucking idiot who's gonna pay that shit. It's it it's that thing we, we were talking about, weren't we? And saying that you know, fifteen ninety nine, I'd be happy for a catalog title. Fifteen ninety nine seems reasonable, but when you're breaking that twenty pound mark, it just feels a little bit. Hmm. That, and I, that just seems a little bit for something that that quite simply, is available on a streaming service at the time of the year you want to watch it. Yeah, 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 quite. And I, I bought it on, on uh, Apple a, a few years back, you know, and I've, I've watched that certain. version a few times. I'm fairly certain I've got on, on, I, I don't watch it every year. I like the film, but I, I, but I have... It's not one that I watch every year. Bex watches it every year. But I'm fairly certain that we. I'm fairly certain the reason why I bought it was because Bex watches it every year, and I thought, you know what, it's just worth it just to have it on iTunes if we're gonna watch it every year. We have, well, actually we don't own it on iTunes uh, because I, I thought we did, but yeah, three ninety nine at the moment, four K Dolby Vision. Yeah, and look, if 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 you know if you're that way inclined, like just three ninety nine and you got it in four K, why not? You know, and I'm sure it's gonna look good. I'm really, really looking forward to having the 4K disc in December, where hopefully it's just about been out for long enough that it might be in a two for thirty. Mm-hmm. 
but we'll you know we'll 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 see. So yeah, there we go. But uh, Tenet, yeah, I mean, dude, it you know it was leading up to Oppenheimer. I, I wanted to watch it again, and that film. I don't know. I I don't know how many times I'm going to watch that film in my life, but I aim for it to be a lot. I did check, and I'm on five. You see, I need to I need to play catch up. Then okay, all right, that's interesting. Maybe I should watch it this weekend. No, I, I won't. <laughs> but I could see me watching it between Christmas and New Year. I tell you what. Do you know what? I could see me watching it again before the end of this year. Oh, fuck you! Don't do that. <laughs> I'll win. Um, did you did you include? Did you include the watch that we did when we recorded the commentary? I believe I did, yeah. Yeah, you see, I don't think I did. I believe. No, I I'm did. gonna need to. I'm gonna need to look this up now. Fuck. Uh, show my activity. Um. By the way, okay. Plug, so plug, plug the, it for Letterboxd. That's great, isn't it? That you can check when you watched a film. <laughs> yeah. No. It's yeah. It's terrific. So I watched it on original release. I gave it four out of five on original release. Then I gave it four point five when I watched it in January twenty twenty one. We released the Tenet commentary Christmas Day yeah. twenty twenty. So you haven't so seen So I didn't Fantastic. include it. Yeah, so you haven't seen it. So Fantastic. yeah, no, yeah, I'm not including a com- commentary where I talked through it. Um, oh, am I? Uh, that, yes, yeah, it was lovely. Thank you. Um, so uh, yeah, okay. Um, so. When I was talking about climaxing earlier on, right, um, I was talking about Magic Mike's Last Dance or Magical <laughs> Michael's Final Performance, um, as, as I've been calling it with with Donna, um, who's Do you know the name of Mag- Magical Michael's Final Performance. I'm disappointed now. You're disappointed. Magic Mike's Last Dance is that not? No. Magical Michael's Final Performance. Magic. I agree. That's why I should be Steven Soderbergh. Um so um it was Soderbergh, wasn't it as well? Yep, he he was back. He was back. So, you know, this film was uh, originally supposed to be HBO Max like direct to streaming, that was the plan for it. They then released it theatrically and it kind of did nothing. Um which to be honest, Magic Mike XXL came out and kind of did nothing. So, I'm not entirely sure what they were expecting. Um so this the plot of this film, and I shit you not, is this, right? Mike has lost his business due to COVID, is a bartender at a party being hosted by uh, Salma Hayek Pinault, as, as I think she's called now. Um, she finds out through someone that he's a lap dancer at this at this party, asks her to come come into the house at the end of the party... And offers him money for a lap dance. And he lap dances her so fucking hard <laughs> that she immediately says, I want you to come to London with me. My husband has just give, like basically released me his theatre in our divorce and I want you to direct a strip show. Wow, this is an awful lot of things lining up perfectly right. That's the plot of the film. And then it's him and Hayek having a couple of scenes together, but it's purely chemistry. And they've got chemistry. They've got chemistry. And Soderbergh is like, 
I can cut 20 minutes of scenes of them together talking out because they vibe. And I'm a bit... I could probably do with scenes of them talking as well, though. Um, the rest of it... He doesn't really make any friends. His closest friend in London is her butler. Um, the guys from the original films are in one scene on a webcam, like a Skype conversation with him. Um, and the rest of it is them in montages finding dancers and then... Oh no, the planning committee won't allow us to do the show. How do we convince the planning committee person to do it? We've got to tap into her desires and then do an impromptu start of a dance on a bus that then cuts away because how the fuck do you do a dance on a bus? Um, And it, it just... Man, it ain't it. I could see why people were so meh about it. And there, there is stuff in there and it should be better and it just isn't. And you, you know, with Magic Mike a, a XXL, where the it's... last, like... Sorry, go on. A review I read of it said, it's the third Magic Mike film that actually forgets to be a Magic Mike film. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Because look, the last... Magic Mike XXL... Like the whole kind of like the seek the the dance sequences at that convention. It's like the last what like twenty five minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. This does that as well, but that film it was like you went you, you know you already knew the guys from the first one. You've introduced Donald Glover, so it's like when they're dancing and stuff. It's like at least you you know who those guys are. <coughs> this. Is it's almost like because the film was apparently inspired by the fact that they've made a Magic Mike live tour show. Yeah, and it's like right, you you're just watching dancers who've got no character, no real personality whatsoever. None of the I don't think any of them even really talk. Doing these dances, and then Mike has one at the end, which kind of like symbolizes his relationship with Salma Hayek, and that's cool, and it's filthy. Um. And his initial dance with Salma Hayek is filthy. So what you're saying is, is, watch the dances on YouTube, don't watch the film. I mean, may, maybe. The, look, it's a three out of five. That's the thing. And, you know, Channing Tatum is, is, is cracking. He's as good as always. Salma Hayek's great. Them together, brilliant. Do more of that. And I'm not saying less of the dancing. I'm just saying, I don't know, make it two hours as opposed to an hour 45 and just have a bit more of them together just to really actually sell the relationship. Um, But yeah, it, it kind of feels like the minimum version of what it, it should have been. And man, it's not even a patch on XXL. It's not even close. XXL is a good film as well. XXL is a really fun film. Really, really fun film is XXL. And it, this has got nothing, nothing that even cl- comes close to like how much the pack of Cheetos. Oh, what, what is it he says? <laughs> how much the pack of Cheetos and Pepsi are, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah that whole... Se- yeah, yeah, that's that's it, yeah. That sequence is is fantastic. And the fact that it's like he's doing that dance, he's cut into them going, yeah, you know, there's none of that in this. 
Um, and yeah, it, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's on my disappointing list, despite the fact that I went in knowing that we'd already skipped reviewing it when it was in cinemas because we were told it wasn't great. Mm. Yeah, that we'll weird... get to it at some point, but it's more weird a... misfire, dude. It's, more it's about a weird two misfire. Years time on an afternoon, I'll go. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. Like, David Ehrlich, the uh, the guy who writes for IndieWire, his review, totally pleasant as far as heartbreaking disappointments go. <laughs> and it, y- y- yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I yeah, I, I can see that. It's a, it's a good one, one-line review. Um, okay, so, the Marvels. Um, it, it's fun. It, it, you know, it... it <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a weird one. Um, so, um, Iman Vellani, Tiona Paris, Brie Larson, Tiona Paris, basically shoved to the side because they're like, do you know what, Miss Marvel? She's a fun character. Do you know who else is fun? Her family from Miss Marvel. So you know, if you haven't watched Miss Marvel, you'll get her, uh, they're her family, but you won't have any nuance there. Cool. All right. Uh, Brie Larson. She's trying to remember shit. Why? I can't remember. Oh, okay. Uh, so this is stuff about her remembering things that seems to get kicked to the, the side. It's like they filmed a bunch of stuff and then went, right, well, uh, we've done some focus testing and at the moment Miss Marvel is scoring really high. So... Let's cut out this stuff about Tiona Paris because no one knows who the fuck she is because WandaVision was nearly three years ago at this point and nobody remembers. Cool. Let's cut out this stuff about Captain Marvel's backstory because, oh, we've done some research and 0.05% of people who watched Captain Marvel re-watched it. Okay, all right, fine. So we've got that as well. So you've got this film that is about... 95 minutes before credits is super in and out and i can tell you that there is a fantastic fight sequence towards the start where basically all like the three characters whenever they use their powers they switch position with each other and that's how like the whole thing starts like because something's going on where they're switching position with each other so you've got them all fighting in different places and then they're they're using their powers and then switching into a new place and having to deal with that. And so, you know, that that's there's some fun to be had there. Um there's some real chaotic energy with the film as well. Um may I spoil a yeah. scene? Thank you. Okay, so there's this running stuff about cats in the film. And um, there's a cat infestation on this space station where Samuel L. Jackson and a bunch of other people are. And these cats, uh, they're not they're not actually cats. It's like from Captain Marvel, like the cat goose. It's like Flirkins. it's like tentacly. It can swallow shit. What's yeah. What are they called? Flurkins, aren't they? Flurkins, are they? Yeah. Flurkins, sure. Yeah, yeah, them. Um, they're needing to evacuate off of this space station. It's like right. I've got an idea. And then it starts playing memory from cats while these cats are just swallowing up people 
so that they can evacuate them off this space station because they've only got one pod. So instead of like loads of like human-sized people, just have a bunch of cats who have got human-sized people in them. So it's playing memory while you've got these people who don't know what the plan is running away from these cats while they're like <laughs> eating them. And then there's this like like almost like horror tinged sequence where this person is hiding from a cat and then they turn like they turn around a corner and there's these two other cats. And then and you know, and like basically the whole of memory plays while this sequence is going and it's fucking ace. It's like, it's just every now and then it's just got this kind of like bat shit. All right, that feels like near Da Costa trying to stamp some directorial authority on this, and I respect the fuck out of that. Yeah, and it's real. I mean, it's really, really funny. Um, but then you've got a bunch of CG sit Zawe Ashton as the villain. She's got a good reason for why she's being a villain, and that's it. Um, I actually genuinely could not tell you how that how her character ends in this film. Couldn't tell you. Um, and I watched it two days ago. Um, and yeah, look, I mean, Captain Marvel is supposed to be one of the most powerful characters in the MCU, and it's like I don't necessarily why i don't get that it doesn't feel like there needs to be anything more for her story after this oh there also there also is a planet where people can only really understand people if they communicate via song and that's that's fun as well and that's the thing there's fun stuff in this the girl who plays miss marvel is great she's and i i think even if you hadn't watched miss marvel you, you it'd be like right yeah she's bringing some fucking energy to this great Brie Larson isn't. Tiona Paris is kinder, but her character just gets short shrift because they've obviously gone Miss Marvel's hitting here, focus more on Miss Marvel. Mm. Um, but I, it's fun and it's short. That's the key thing. If this film was two hours plus, Jesus Christ, but it's not, so it works. Nice. This is seven out of ten. It's a 7 out of 10, mainly because of Miss Marvel and memory. I'll take that. Like and said, that's me. I'm still going to go and see it. Well, before we jump to you, Bex, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's been now announced to announce the uh, Aliens, True Lies, Titanic, and Abyss 4Ks. Oh, fuck. So, Ian, Aliens. Yep. Yep. 4K UHD, theatrical version, and special edition. Yep, good. So yep. they're both 4K. Yep. Bonus features, there's fucking loads. <laughs> uh, but like any, any, any that are, any that are new. Yep. Um, yep, there is a, uh, a new uh, introduction by Cameron. Composers, composers original isolated, isolated scores on it. Um, documentary called 57 Years Later continuing the story there's just there's just fucking loads here um, right let's get to the next one um, The Abyss 145 minute and the special edition 3 hour version are both in 4k 
Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the special edition version hasn't even been done in HD yet, so that's good. Uh, new documentaries on that. Uh, what have we got for True Lies? Well, I mean, they bet. Yeah, they better be new documentaries for the Abyss. It's not even had a the fucking Blu-ray release. Nope. Four um, K for True Lies. Um, new documentary uh, with that, but not a lot else in terms of. Um, Special features on True Lies. Um, Titanic, yeah, 4K, and quite a few new bits, actually. Yeah, the Titanic disc does. Yeah, because that, that's coming out the week before Christmas. Yeah, um, and the rest of them come out, uh, like, next year. March. Yeah. Yeah. But the, uh, well, the, the that... Abyss one is the one I'm very interested in. Yeah, I mean, Aliens is going to be interesting because it was shot in Super 35 and previous Cameron transfers have been very scrubbed the grain heavy. Super 35 is grainy as fuck. You can see it in the HD versions of Aliens, to be fair, how grainy it is. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, true to the source he keeps that. But anyway, um, I feel like Bex has probably fallen asleep at this point, so I'll move on. (laughs) Bex, what, what have you been up to? So... I feel like not a lot really. I've I've watched things, but there's things I've not finished. So on my own, I think the only things that I've watched is. Did I speak about this last week? What? Time Bandits. No, I don't think so. Okay. No. So I watched Time Bandits. This took me four attempts to watch because I kept falling asleep. Now I don't dislike Time Bandits. But it is nowhere near as good as Baron Munchausen, and I think I got a bit muddled up as to which one was which, and thought this was fun, the fun one, and Baron Munchausen not so much, and I was I was the wrong way around. It's 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 very it's long. It's really long, or it feels really long, and it's not as it's just not as good as Munchausen, which I will now watch for next week. Um, but it's good, and it's. But it's probably it's probably the Gilliam that I've struggled the most with. Like I like all of his other stuff a lot more than this. Um, then I watched. Okay, so I watched the jacket, but I've not watched like the last five minutes of it. But I feel like I know what happens, so I can still talk about it. You've you've seen the jacket, haven't you, with Adrian Brody? Yeah, we've watched it a few times. Ian, have you? Ian? Ian's gone. Anyway, so the jacket, basically he's a he's a like guy who's been in the service in Iraq, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and he's got some like trauma from a head injury, suffers from amnesia and stuff, and he ends up at a crime scene, not really sure and not able to prove whether he's done it or not. So he ends up in like a institution. Yes. Um, and Christmas. just to confirm I have watched the jacket sorry I don't know what the fuck my thing was doing there there's the Kira Knightley one yeah 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 um, Chris Christopherson's like a shady doctor that's doing experiments on patients what and a bastard you, you, you know I love like shady experiments in asylum shit so this is like this is kind of becking it for me plus Adrian Brody I find his face very interesting and the fact that he wears v-neck jumpers all the time always makes me laugh um so yeah um yeah but the experiment that he's doing 
allows him to travel forward in time which then leads to him investigating his own death it's all very weird Kira Knightley's there being very Kira Knightley very very mid noughties Kira Knightley yeah um yeah it's 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 very good it doesn't I'm not making it sound good but it's it's not I great. I find Kira Knightley, yeah, yeah, in your Apple Music library. You can ask me to play a radio station or ask for your music in a different app. Why is your Alexa guy Irish? It's Becky's Alexa guy <laughs> Irish. Mine's the sassy American one. It's funny when he swears, so that's why he's Irish. Um, Very yeah. good. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not a classic of the genre by any stretch of the imagination, but it's 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 a fun enough time. Um, okay, so, oh, okay, so then I watched a really weird film called Eli. Now, this is, um, not a film that I'd heard of before, so I don't know whether it's necessarily something that either of you guys have, have seen, but it's got Kelly Riley in it, and I enjoy her in things, so when I found it, I thought, yep. fuck it, I'll watch it. Um, so basically, there's this, this boy... Um, and he's got an autoimmune disorder, which makes it, makes him basically allergic to the world. Um, so his parents, like, um, basically like sell loads of shit, mortgage their lives to pay for him to go to this really expensive treatment centre um, that supposedly does something that rewires his. Uh, immune system to have a different reaction to things um but then he's uh, it's really hard to explain so he's seeing this girl and uh, not like seeing seeing but like when he gets to the center he keeps seeing this girl out through the window um who is played by sadie sink and he's like having conversations with her in this like like conservatory type area and obviously he's inside she's outside and they're chatting and he gets more and more suspicious of what's going on there um things get a bit creepy keep seeing ghosts and finding evidence that things aren't all as they seem and then all of a sudden everything just goes a bit fucking bonkers and it turns out that like she hasn't managed to save any of the previous children that she's treated here. They've all died. His dad knows about this, but his mum didn't. But then when she does find out, she still doesn't take him out because, oh, but what kind of life is he going to have? We have to try. Turns out that he's not actually got an autoimmune disease. He's the son of the devil. Um... And so is Sadie Sink. And the reason he's the son of the devil is because when his parents couldn't get pregnant um, and his mum had been praying to God to, to give them a baby and all this kind of stuff, she eventually gave up and prayed to Satan and then got pregnant. So he's the son of the devil. Um, and then him and Sadie Sink go off together in a car. So it goes from like a sick kid to a bit of a conspiracy thing with a shady hospital to it's not actually shady it's like a religious treatment center and they're trying to save his soul to then yeah it's it's just a bit mental not completely <laughs> without some merit but not great um but yeah it's uh, 
it's, it's is is Sadie Sink like more likable than in the whale, which I I feel like that performance will haunt me until my fucking dying day. But you've seen her in other stuff though. Have I? I I don't know. Have I? Sorry, I genuinely don't remember seeing her in anything other than that. Well, you. I mean, you don't fish. Uh, you don't uh, Stranger Things, do you? Because you don't do TV. But like, she's in the first three movies. Oh, is she? Yeah. Okay. All right. I just. Yeah. I don't know. Do you remember in the whale where he was like, "You're the most brilliant thing," and she's just the fucking worst. Yeah, she's not very nice to him, is she? It's just such a fucking toxic performance. Yeah. That again, that's a toxic film. We didn't talk about the fact that Darren Ar- Aronofsky's doing a fucking Elon Musk biopic, by the way. Oh, we fucking. Did, yeah, that just, just no. <laughs> yeah, just a big old vat of no. Sorry, Bex. Just needed to get that out there. No, that's fine. Yeah, so she's in she's in the first street movie. She plays Ziggy, you know, the little sister in the middle one. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Well, did I watch on my own? So the only other thing I watched all the way through on my own was um the It miniseries, back to back, pretty much all in one go, with the exception of the last half hour. How are how are you feeling about Welcome to Derry? Welcome to Derry. Oh, shit. Yeah, they're doing It prequel series. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, they are, aren't they? I don't really know an awful lot about it, to be honest. Um, I mean, it's not... It's not based on anything that Stephen King has written, so... (laughs) Don't really know. Um, okay. 2025, no, apparently. Um, yeah, they pushed it back. That's right. Yeah. It it depends, really, because I'm I'm not really now with like the novelty having worn off. Like I would watch the miniseries over the movies any day of the week. Hmm. Um, I just think it's got more. I think it's got more heart to it, to be perfectly honest. I think the kids bit of it is better. Um, the fact that it they don't feel like cocky is... movie kids. They feel like kids. Yeah, the fact that it chapter two it is it's touching three hours mm. is bonkers. Mm. And I just think Tim Curry's a better Pennywise. I don't think What's-His-Face does a bad job, but at the same time, it's it's not... He's not like... The, the the idea of him taking the, the personification of like a clown is because it's to make the kids feel a false sense of safeness and trust him. Mm. And the movie Pennywise is just always creepy, even when he's a clown. Mm. So I, I think it kind of misses the point. Um, but yeah, I think the, um, the, the the thing that kind of made me think, oh, I could watch the miniseries of it, was we, we started watching a film that we'll talk about next week because we haven't finished it yet because we watched the start of Ginger Snaps, didn't we? Mm. And Emily Perkins, obviously, is um, Beverly Marsh in it. And I was like, ooh. Oh, by the way, I'm part way through uh, Quiz Lady, and I'll talk about that next week. Sorry, <laughs> I know I said I was going to get it done, but I, I, have, I have started it. Oh, no worries. Funny. Yeah, Funny. yeah, it's good, yeah. isn't it? 
Um, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, it better than the movies. Very, very long. Doesn't feel as dated as it probably should. Um, yeah, that's it. That's me. Cool. Should we do the ones that we watched together? Can diggity do. So, we rewatched Shutter Island, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Uh, because you wanted to. Well, because we finished another film. Can we finished another film that we'll, we'll talk about in a second, yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. It's your favourite Scorsese. It isn't is it? my favourite It's the best Scorsese. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I, 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 I think it's, it, it's fantastic and it gets better with every single watch for me. It, 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 mm. It's great. There's just, just some great. I mean, I, I think DiCaprio is in absolute peak DiCaprio form in it as well. Um, yeah. You know, the fact that he, he's. He's basically continuously throughout the film playing almost these two characters, and like you can see, we were talking about when we did the film. Each other you can see of, where yeah. occasionally during the film he breaks a little bit. Mm. Not the camera, what is it? But the but the the facade of uh, Eddie Daniels breaks. Yeah. Uh, a little bit, and he realizes shit. That this I'm not I'm not this guy. I'm somebody. Else. Else, and then he, he snaps that back into yeah. it again quite quickly. Um, yeah, and it's it's it, it's you know, it's it's Scorsese directed as close to a horror movie as, as, as he'll probably get. Yeah, which I think is you know, it's no surprise really that it's my favourite. But yeah, I just think you know, we were talking about like how old he must have been when he was doing that movie, and the, the 60s, amount of like, yeah. groundbreaking imagery that's in that like that, well maybe not groundbreaking but just like just really he's just really astute even even like going into his like later years he's not he's not like just rested on his laurels and oh, just no, done he... easy shit like that scene with him and Michelle Williams where she she turns into Ash he's just like with, with with the music choice of the of the back of it and the fact that it's so oppressive and it's it's basically it's this weirdly in what essentially is like a psychological horror movie mm. You have this probably like most heartbreaking scene Scorsese's done. Oh no, the most heartbreaking scene in the in that fucking movie is him sat on the steps at the end with Ruffles. Oh yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. Like he's chosen, and he he, he literally up. tells Ruffles that he's mm. chosen to do it as well. Mm. Yeah, um, and we watched that because we watched we just finished watching the uh, Aviator, hadn't we? Yes, which we watched over a, a couple of couple of nights. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> It's great, is the aviator. It's just the the sheer kind of scale of it. Yeah, a lot lot better than I remembered it being. I I remember not really liking the aviator when it came out, and I think it was maybe because I was a bit just done with Kate Blanchett does a voice period. Mm. Um, but yeah, she's she's actually a much she smaller part of this movie than the. Yeah, she's thought. not. So she's any... not as irritating, is it? As her no, yeah, she either. does do a good. Katie Hepburn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the. The yeah, like you say, the, the scale of it, like the, it 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 feels epic, doesn't yeah, it? it? It feels massive, and I think part of that is you know you you've got um, Robert Richardson shoots it in the these various styles. Um, throughout the film to kind of get an image of the style that's going on at the time mm. uh, and it's like that and um, yeah that was clever I was reading about that like he he, he used the, the filming methods and the colouring and stuff yeah and the cameras yeah, he, yeah. Li- he literally he went um, you know he, he went back and went into um, 
like vaults to try and find the specific cameras that were that they would have used around those times and also um apparently scorsese's big thing was he, he didn't know how to do the um the aerial shots and they were working out all these different ways that they could do the the the, the aerial shots mm. um and then apparently it was robert richardson who just said why don't we shoot it like it would be shot in a movie like, of the time yeah. So we don't shoot it so it looks specifically real. We do it so it looks like it looks movie real. Mm. Rather than just trying to work out how do we make this look real? How about we just glorifying the cinema of it all? Yeah. Um, which, saying that to Scorsese would have just made him go, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, yeah, really, It's. It, it, I think it's a little bit it's one of the weird ones like something like silence it's a little bit underseen i think because because it just didn't quite connect when it first came out but you're mm. talking about i mean it's 20 years old next year it still feels really fresh to be fair yeah um and then we also went to a, a retro screening of the breakfast club didn't we yes we did yeah yep um, missed the quiz though didn't we we missed the quiz because i was at work unfortunately <laughs> uh, but yeah we went to retro screen of the breakfast club um, great. I mean, I just it, 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 it's the Breakfast Club. Don't necessarily much about it mm. uh, in terms of the actual content. Of the Good film. experience to see on it. Great experience. Yeah, the framing of it was fantastic. Mm. Um, that you kind of get appreciate that. But as well, the sound design, the bit where it, it opens out and they're in detention there, it's silent for so long, and it, it, it you could it felt almost a little bit awkward, and you could hear everything in the screening because the film is silent and then you just get like the you get Paul Gleason just walking in uh, from that there and you can hear like the tapping it's, it's supposed to it creates like this weird like you are very well aware they're in a library yeah it's one of those things um, with it because it's a um, it's essentially like a movie club screening isn't it yeah um you know, you've got to you've got to anticipate it's not going to be like a normal movie screening, and people yeah. are there to enjoy it, and it's like a social experience as well. So, like the woman singing along to the fucking Simple Minds song that was sat next to me, yeah, that was very annoying. Yeah, she like, was very annoying. She was very annoying, but like you can't really get too annoyed about it because they're there. This is a thing they do every month. Yeah. And yeah. So there's no, she was just annoying. You can get annoyed about her. She was, she was the same woman who decided to eat. A packet of Skittles throughout the entire movie, I but, kept just a, dropping them. but just a, a small packet of Skittles, and was trying to get a hand in to get one out at a time. Yeah, it's like that's not how you eat Skittles, you dickhead. Yeah, just pour around your hand in them all at once, yeah. though. You say that to her. No. I wouldn't if I was sat next to her, but I won't. And she kept she kept dropping them and then going fuck shit I, fuck every time she dropped. I, I, I was sat next to the woman <laughs> who had clearly snuck in an entire bottle of red wine. <laughs> <laughs> Every like 10 15 minutes, you just but I had a glass, you just hear a glug, 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 glug. <laughs> that's funny. I'd rather have been sat next to her. Yeah, um, <laughs> what did I watch? Um, we watched Morning Glory because I like Morning Glory. You watched that like a few weeks ago. No, I don't know. I watched it, I can tell you, I watched it about, about two years ago. Was last right, time I watched okay. it. We watched Morning Glory. Uh, nice lunchtime watch on two lunchtimes. Uh, it's just a really sweet, breezy film. Yeah. Yeah. It's just Rachel McAdams being adorable Rachel McAdams and uh, Harrison Ford being grumpy Harrison Ford. 
fair. Yeah. I have spoken about it before, so I'm not going to speak about it too much. Rewatch Sum of All Fears, uh, which was the Ben Affleck Jack Ryan film. Because yes. they keep trying to reboot Jack Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. And, you know, if those dream adverts do ever come out from Dream Scenario, then I am fucking certain Amazon will try and put adverts oh, for the Jack Ryan series yeah. that, that nobody watched, but Amazon tried their best to oh, get you so to watch. The thing is, the Summer of Fears, it very much is a movie of its time in terms of it's an early noughties movie. Uh, but it's a big budget, so of course it's got Morgan Freeman in it. Um, but you kind of watch it going, yeah, da, da, yeah, yeah, we get it, Russians against the Americans trying to restart the Cold War. And then you, it, it, what feels quite precedent of now is what it actually is, is it's the far right finally grouping together to kind of like surreptitiously create a war between Russia and America. Mm. <laughs> and you want to go in, well, that seems a little prescient. Uh, but as well, what I like about it is it has the balls. There's like, there's this bit where they've got this nuclear warhead and it's like, it's been planted in a American football stadium in America, and they get the president out in time, like going, "Oh, they're going to go out of time," and then they're going to they're going to defuse it because they know it's there, and it'll be all, "Oh shit, it's gone off." <laughs> and it's kind of like you go, "Oh fuck, that just went off." It's ballsy, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So ballsy, and it's so ballsy the way it's done as well. It literally mm. it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Like you are not expecting it. And it just kind of happens. Um, I, I really enjoyed the rewatch of this. It's just solid, like, it's solid spy thriller entertainment. Yeah. You know, it's it's good Thursday night watching. That's fair. Yeah. Do you know what else I really enjoyed? Up until a point. Okay. Logan Lucky. So you watched it the other way, didn't you, Ian? Logan Lucky. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Logan Lucky's a really good film. Right? That suffers from one thing that stops it from being a fucking great movie. It seems like Soderbergh got bored. <laughs> like, <laughs> a few weeks before the end of filming and went, mm. yeah, can we just wrap up this? And they've gone, well, no, we need to, like, we've got all these bits to do. And like, nah, nah, stop. We'll fix it in post. Fine. And it's like, well, no, we've got like bits, like extra scenes to do. That there's things to go. And I'm done. It does. It just. You've got all all this stuff happens, and you go, yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of a sudden, in the last like 15, 20 minutes, not even that. Like last last fifteen minutes, so much just happens <laughs> that you're going, no, no, I'd watch more of that. And then it just ends. But it, it's a really fun movie. You know, it, it, um, the fact that you've got, like, I mean, fucking Sebastian Stan talking about, you know, his OS, which is his body <laughs> crashing. That's funny. Um, but, like, the Daniel Craig and Riley Keough are the absolute stars of the show in yeah. this movie. I do remember... Yeah, it just an all round. It, it's a great fun time 
that I just wish that Soderbergh had it got bored of had more of an attention span than he does. <laughs> yeah. Or even yeah. maybe, and it's because really cruel because we've reviewed a lot of Soderbergh that he just maybe gave a little bit more of a shit. Because yeah. he does seem He's... to... He does seem to... He is... If, if Ryan Reynolds' uh, fucking production company is called Maximum Effort, Steven Soderbergh's is just... Like, like, minimal amount of work I have to put in to make this great. And it's so weird, though, because that fucker loves films. Yeah. Like, he, he puts out his diary of what he's watched the previous year, like, every year. And it's always really varied lo- as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it just... Mate, slow down. Just spend more time on each project. Yeah, and I I do just think he... I think he just goes, I'm done with this. I want to start making the next thing now. That's got my attention, so can we just wrap this? Which, which I, I, you know... It's a little bit Clint Eastwood-y in that way, and people take the piss out of him for being, like, one take and done. You know, but it's like... Steven Soderbergh is cooler... You know, but it's I, I, when no uh, no sudden move was very 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 good, and Kimmy was interesting and whatnot. But it just, and I think he did a TV series last year as well. And it, it but it, it's just, dude, spend a little bit more time on this stuff, hone this shit, and you could have like best of the year material. But instead, you are absolutely floating on seven and eight out of tens, and in a way, there's nothing wrong with that. But but has Soderbergh's career in the last twenty years, like since he did Aaron Brockovich in Traffic, like in the same fucking Oscar season, has there been anything that's a, like approached that in terms of what Soderbergh's done? Ocean's Eleven is the only one, but he was doing that. As and it was like the year, year after. after. But since then, I mean, Solaris is very good. Uh, but no, everything else has been just, let's say, just like very safe ground. It's like the dude likes working, don't get me wrong. And he he directs his shit, he edits it, he shoots it. He, you know, he, he does he, like working, but he also really likes retiring. Yeah, I I just, I, it just, it's weird for a guy who obviously loves film so much. God damn, does he make stuff that just feels like he's done it, he's off to the next one, he's done it, he's off to the next one. He he, he does seem like he he makes movie of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Level stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's just a shit. Look, look, it's great. But it it just just doesn't feel like it 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 had it wasn't quite as finely tuned as it could have been, and I think it gets I think it gets by. I mean the scene in the fucking prison when they're launching the fake prison riot, and then and you've got um, what's it, Dwight Yoakam as the um, the warden, and they're and they're, they're saying. He said, right, I will get you a cop a copy for the prison library of whatever uh, Game of Thrones thing it is. And then Dwight Yoakam's having to explain the fact that the book hasn't come out yet. And they're going, No, 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 
the guy who came here last year said they're up to this on the series. He's like, no, the series has gone beyond the book. It's not going off the books yet. We don't believe you. He's like, look, I'm reading it off the Wikipedia, man. It's just a real funny scene. Yeah. But yeah, I did. good time with it. Catherine Waterston in it for no reason at all. Who? Catherine Waterston. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's like that nurse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, or doctor, it, it, sorry. It, it, it's almost as if they had her in it because she happened to be around at the time. And they went, fucking hell, that woman can walk, can't she? Let's all walk in by him at one point. <laughs> and that's it. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Should we do our other main review then? Sure. Let's go. So, The Killer is um, written by Andrew Kevin Walker uh, and directed by David Fincher, starring Michael F. Aspender, um, Tilda Swinton and um, Charles Parnell and other people. Uh, and what does IMDb say it's about? What does it say it's about? Um, after a fateful near miss and assassin battles his employers and himself on the international manhunt, he insists isn't personal. Kind of. Kind of. Is what I would say. Um, Ian, what do you think of the Yo. killer on your second watch? Yeah, so I, um, I, I, I think I vibed with it more because I knew what was coming. Um, it's... It's minor Fincher, but that it, I, I think it still has its joys, and it's fucking funny. I, I think it's very, very funny in moments, and in that kind of way where I think like Fincher finds it funny, has a good laugh, and then kind of moves on. Um, the the way that he's just a bit shit at his job. <laughs> you said I, this. Next about halfway through, it was like when he when he was with the Florida guy. Yeah, I said to you, didn't I? You know how you read like movies where it's just like man is really good at his job. This is the opposite of that. <laughs> it the in the Florida sequence is the fact that he's like his inner monologues talking, and then he gets surprised by the person he's supposed to be stalking. <laughs> and then he's it, watching it, it knowing it's coming. <laughs> it's 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 great. It's great. But, like, the way that, watching the second time around again, it's like, the kills, each one that he does, it kind of feel like, it feels like it gets less methodical the way it goes. Like, the first one is just a very clean taxi driver, take him to middle of nowhere, bang, he's dead. Mm. The next one is fucked up the amount of time that he thinks that guy is going to have to live. Yeah, and like the look on his face when he realizes, and like his eyes just go for a second. He's like, "Shit," you know, and it, he's just gone, and he's having to rely on that on that woman, you know. So then that's a little bit shitter. And then the the guy in Florida, it's quite an ugly knockout, drag out kind of thing. Hmm. And then he and then gone. The next one, she's basically going, "Yeah, all right, I know I'm going to get shot. I know I'm going to get shot." And then shoots her. And the last one, he doesn't even fucking bother killing the guy. <laughs> you know, the like the and like whether that's supposed to be because he's becoming more human by and by the end he's just like, Yeah, I'm just like you. 
I want to, I want to enjoy what, 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 what's, what's coming, you know, it, it, it there's layers there, and I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what you guys think. Like I say, I think it's minor because the plot is quite simplistic, and I, I don't necessarily think it's got a lot to say compared to quite a lot of Finch's work. I think it's quite insular in what it's doing. But I think what it's doing is more interesting, and I think it was the first time I watched it. But yeah, yeah, crack on, guys. I'm very interested. Bex, what do you think? Um, I think going into it with tempered expectations was definitely beneficial. I think if you if you're expecting like a movie about an assassin, and that's kind of where you're where you're going in at it, I think it's it's going to be a little bit disappointing because he is a little bit shit in it, shit at it. And it's not about exciting assassin stuff. It's kind of about the boring reality of being an assassin. And, and I think it's much more of like a character study. That's where its strengths lie for me than it is the, the actual... The, the person that he... The, the thing that he does is not the person that he is. And the stuff like the monologue stuff and the, 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 the script is, is where the strengths lie in this for me. Like, there's some real there's some real funny shit that he comes out with. Um, and it's just like... And it's it's nothing that drives the plot. Mm. Um, but yeah, he is a bit shit at it. The, bit, the section with Tilda Swinton is really good, though, when they're in the restaurant. I did enjoy that. That was a bit more kind of like there was a bit more back and forth, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I I really liked it, but I, I do think going into it with sort of tempered expectations has has helped with that for me. It is quite ploddy and it is low energy, and I think if you were expecting something different, you would be disappointed. I, that, that's what I really liked about it. Mm. I really like the fact that it, it's. I, I like the fact that it opens out with this like quite kinetic, speedy opening credits, mm. and then just goes into a basically just a a a, a guy talking about how shit his job is. <laughs> well, I said to you, his job is seen as like this. You know, the, the reality is that there are way too many assassin movies made for the out, out there for the amount of assassins there probably are in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there are way too many. And it's like, it's always seen as like this fucking sexy fucking job and it's all like that. And it's just like, this is just boring. I like the fact that he has a little fucking heater there in front of him <laughs> because he's clearly like just cold. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I said to you, didn't I? Like, for me... It's. They should have shown him doing one and it going smoothly and him being good at it yeah. right at the beginning, to them to then because like you're left kind of thinking well because he talks a good game in his head when he's when he's like narrating but is he just fucking delusional? He's actually just always been a bit shit. No, but, at it. but that he clearly isn't because he's made well, yeah. as he said in the what is it? You've made more money than you will ever be able to spend. Yeah, yeah. One bit I did actually really enjoy is like there's, there's a bit at the beginning where he's like, one reason I'm really good at my job is I don't give a fuck. Mm. 
and it's like oh yeah and then like later on when he's like frantically trying to like not get killed I think it is and she goes well this not giving a fuck's going well isn't it <laughs> yeah I enjoyed that um, it just it it's quite like it's like you said there Ian it, there, there's bits that you can clearly knowing Fincher's sense of humour you can clearly see that there's bits that he will just find funny I will be fascinated if ever because Fincher's commentaries are always just fucking gold Mm. Uh, and I'd, I'd love for him to do one for this. I know it's pro. It, it, you hope that it does come out on disc at some point, mm. so we can have that. But I mean, it just that line when they rise in New Orleans. He's like five hundred restaurants, one menu. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I imagine that's something that Fincher just fucking before that when he saw it in the script. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, 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 yeah, and I mean, I, just that fucking story that Tilda's the Tilda Swinton scene fucking rules by the way yeah um just like when she sees him and it's like i suddenly wish that i asked for hagen dazs for dessert after every meal yeah. <laughs> i'm paraphrasing but it's such a lovely sentiment because it is like yeah if you were facing your death right there it'd be like yeah i wish i i wish i treated myself more you know um but like her whole story about the the hunter and the bear <laughs> yeah I mean, it's great. That's a fucking great monologue. Yeah. And that that's the thing. It was like the first time around, it was like, I kind of gripped onto that. It was like, I kind of wanted more of that. But watching it this time around, it's just like Charles Pennell being like such a fucking dickhead. Yeah. And then, uh, and it was, this is not an original Forks, it was on a podcast, but um, Fassbender shooting him with nine inch nails. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know. I mean, like this this film, it just feels like a massive fucking one for me for Fincher, where he's just like, I'm just gonna kind of have fun and watch this fucking ridiculous man who's so up himself and he's so up himself that he thinks that listening to the Smiths constantly is like a a, 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 a showing how high class he is and, 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 and then and by how, the end it, how how just kind of like blase he is to everything yeah and then by the end it's just like i just want to sit in a dominican republic with my girlfriend mm. you know it's like he's got a lovely life don't get me wrong you know and he, he probably does still think he's above other people and whatnot but that the end bit of his inner dialogue it is just like i'm i'm just like i'm just like you guys yep you know, I just want to live my fucking life. It's, I, 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 I like the whole kind of tone of it. I, I, I just, I think that the, the, what he's going for is this guy is just, he's, it's, it's a job where you have to be at a hundred percent, and he's now at ninety eight percent. But, but, but then also, like, he's after the hit goes wrong. It's doing all this kind of like I've got to go, I've got to go, I've got to go. Mm. No one's fucking chasing him. No, like it's this but chase it, sequence where no one's chasing him. Yeah, it, it's it, great because it, it, it you're paranoia tense straight away. Yeah, yeah, you're really tense. And it's like what's going to happen? It's like nothing. No one's chasing, no one's chasing him, you. and he does it after everything he does that's bad. He seems to think that somebody's chasing him. Mm. I, I will say about the yeah. Swinton bit. I, I I was sat there going, right. Please don't do that voice. Please do the other voice. 
please don't do that voice, please do the other voice. And then we got the other voice was like, oh, I'm going to be safe here. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be safe here. We've not got the Snowpiercer, that one that she did last year with Idris Elba. Um, Regional accent. Uh, yeah. Swinton. We've got Tilda Swinton's normal voice. Yeah. Um, which just made it, it, it is a lovely scene. Yeah. It's just, you could imagine another director 20 years ago doing It's About Hitman. Yeah. And when he's doing his hits, he just listens to the Smiths. Mm. Be like, oh, that's fucking badass. Yeah, what a fucking cool guy. In this, it's just fucking bellend. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. You know, and it, I, I'm, I'm, I almost feel like Fincher probably, like Morrissey and, and was probably like, David Fincher wants to use my music every time an assassin pulls a hit. Yeah, of course he can. Go ahead. Yeah. You watch the film, it's like, actually, he's a bit of a fucking knobhead who's got ideas above his station throughout basically the entire bloody thing. Oh, yeah. But, but also, every single time you see any of his IDs, it's fucking sitcom characters. Yeah. Like, the guy's basic. Yeah, it is. He's Fucking basic, you, but yeah, like that, that's it. Johnny Marr will be watching this movie going, This guy's favorite member of the Smiths is Morrissey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it whereas everybody <laughs> else's is Johnny Marr. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just like, I don't know. I did feel bad for him though because he can never enjoy himself, he's always flying in economy. <laughs> It's and it's like it's because, because he not, wants to blend in. Yeah, because not draw attention to himself. His reason yeah. for why he dresses the way he does as well. No one wants to remember the German tourist. The German tourist. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the same time... Go, Fuck, he's right. <laughs> but at the same time, he's like, yeah, but I enjoy a Mackie D's. Yeah. You know, I'm going to take away the bun. The bun. But, here, I'm gonna, I'm, but I'm just going to call it protein. No, you don't. You just fucking love a McMuffin, you <laughs> slag. You pretentious twat. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, God damn it. Maybe this film's really, really fucking good. Uh, it, it, do you know what? It might crack top 10 of the year for me. <laughs> oh, fuck. Because it, it, it's almost... It, it's almost, it's teetering on the edge of being like a very serious, like, absurdist thriller. <laughs> I just, yeah. it was at that moment where I was like, you just like an Egg McMuffin, you fucking slag, that I think I connected with this film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it's justification. Where else can you get 10 grams of protein at such a price? No, you just want the fucking... You want the McDonald's. And I also like the fact that... I like even... when he's explaining his German tourist yeah, disguise as well. But that Fincher, like, literally... Like, I, I read, like, a piece on it. That's a Fincher thing. Like, it was like... He was inspired by that look by just a German tour, a, a tourist... <laughs> and was just like, yeah, okay, I'm going to fucking steal that. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to be anywhere near that guy. He's inconspicuous as fuck, but I don't want to be anywhere near him. <laughs> just, yeah. Cracking film. Uh, very much enjoyed it. Uh, definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely not shit. Also, can I just ask? Yeah. Are people from the Dominican Republic called Dominican Republicans? 
It's just when that guy was like, wait, the Dominican Republican. <laughs> yeah, you're the Dominican Republican, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. Like, I've never actually heard that before. Uh, uh, yeah. But even then, it's like, it gives the dog that shit. <laughs> and it, like it's like he gets the dosage wrong or yeah. something. He's just got a fucking. <laughs> I one hundred percent thought he was going to accidentally kill that dog with an overdose, and then just be like, "Shit, shit." But then he even <laughs> says, "You know, blah blah." Actually, for for, for a, a dog of the size, and then he's about to throw it. He goes, "This dog looks bigger." Yeah, <laughs> so it's almost like he knows he's fucked up. And I've got to say, he as well. throws one off before the dog doesn't give a shit. Yeah, no, that's that was it. That was it. He throws it over, and the dog just looks at him, looks back at him. It's great. So then he has to show the dog it and then throw it for the dog. Oh, I also and really that's... enjoyed WWJWBD instead of what would what Jesus would John Wilkes Booth do? No, no. Sorry, I'm actually. I'm like, I know just do, these are good bits, but the fact that he that he buys. The... He buys the cloning machine for the fob off Amazon and Fincher puts the Amazon fucking link on the screen <laughs> and then he goes to pick it up from an Amazon drop-off box. Yeah. <laughs> and you no. know for sure that Fincher just went, we could actually have this. We're going to order that exact product <laughs> to that exact place and Mike, you're fucking getting dressed up and you're going to go and pick it up. That ain't a fucking prop. Um, that is actually bought. <laughs> Mark, no. Do you know what's better product placement? A WeWork just being a fucking empty <laughs> oh, fucking yeah, office with that, yeah. nothing in it. Bet, that yeah. was great. Bet, that work, yeah. abandoned WeWork, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was great. Oh, shit. This film's actually really fucking good. I just think that it's going to be a film where like, the more you watch it, I think the more you're going to get out of it. I think it's this year's Tenet. I don't know what was up with me when I watched it at the cinema. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a great time with it. Um... It was just... It, it was just... Like, the plot is... And I think it's... Do you know what? I think it might be because it was chapters. <laughs> Chapter one, it goes wrong. Chapter two, he kills someone. Chapter three, he kills someone. Chapter four, he kills someone. Chapter five, he doesn't kill anyone. Epilogue. He just wants to have a nice life with his girlfriend. Yeah. And it, it's that, that kind of like repetitive kind of thing. But it, it, it is just that whole Finch has just gone, I'm going to do a basic bitch story here, but there's just going to be lots of fucking nuance and like things that you can have fun with. Yeah. And yeah. I just don't, I don't think I got that first time round. It's such a rich I, I, script I, for such a simple story. It, 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 it's it's mm. not a, does exactly what it says in the tin. No, no. It's the opposite. And that title sequence as well, you know, where it's like straight away, it's like the killer, Michael mm. Fassbender, blah, 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 and it's like a minute, minute and a half, it's and it quick. makes it look like it's going to be fucking cool. Yeah. You know, and, and they're like, all, all this kind of like it, like imagery that doesn't actually happen in the film. It's you know, it's and Fincher like, having a fucking laugh. Yeah, that, yeah, it, it, it is. It, it, it is. And the thing is, people have said it's Fincher taking the piss out of himself, and it's a comment on how seriously it seems he takes himself as an artist. And I don't think I, it. I, 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 no, I, I can see I, where people are getting that. 
I don't think he does take himself seriously as an artist as such. I think he takes the work that he does very seriously. But I do think he is but, also capable of just just fucking about. It just it feels like a one for me. Like that, the most one for. Uh, to be fair, Mank was a one for me because it was a script written by his fucking dad. Mm. But it, you know, but again, that was kind of awardsy as fuck as well. This it, just feels very. I just want to have a laugh. I I want to make something that's kind of entertaining. People might get it. People might not get it. It's been number one on Netflix like all week. Like I, it. I think it's done well, mm. which is lovely because hopefully it will make people just go yeah all right fincher here's more money um what i will say is people keep thinking and i do agree i think it very much is a one for him but the one the the, the fincher movies that he says are the ones are the ones for him his passion projects have been curious case of benjamin button mank and the killer which he says he's been wanting to make for quite a while now it's the best. I know it's, I know it's, it's, it's mid-tier Fincher. It's the best of those three. Mm. By a long way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I get it. Yeah. Just. I mean, fuck it. It, it, it. it was only three years ago that his last movie came out. I hope it's only another couple of years till he does another one. Oh, God, yeah. Abs- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, look, de- definitely not shit, man. Like, oh, definitely not shit. It, it, it's it removed itself in the disappointments list. I'll fucking say that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Our audience poll, uh, definitely not shit. Fifty-six percent. Touching cloth, thirty-three percent, and shit, eleven percent. That's the Twitter one. Let's have a look at the wee little Instagram one and see if we can see what the difference is with that there. So the Instagram one was. Definitely not shit 83% and shit 17%. Everyone's just a bit happier over on Instagram. Interestingly, I did do one for Marvels. Yeah. Um, 67% definitely not shit and uh, 33% touching cloth on Instagram. And 50-50 for, for touching cloth and definitely not shit on um, Twitter. Hmm. Are we ready for questions, guys? Yeah. Yeah. So Twitter questions. Yeah. Uh, Rick Kidd says, what's the bastard's views of voiceovers slash narrations? What's the best slash worst? Did the killer overuse this device? Oh, I think it's perfect in the killer. I think it's very, I, I really yeah. liked it in the killer. I think sometimes it plays I... you. Like if, you, if you're adapting something like, for example... <laughs> Gerald's game is a perfect example of this where it's all in a monologue mm. it can just be a lazy way of doing that and luckily he didn't do that mm. um, but I think sometimes it really just fucking works and it, it does in the killer yeah. for me uh, I will just say Rick watch the killer again <laughs> he's yeah. had his mind blown by a rewatch yeah <laughs> uh, can I do a really basic bitch uh, version of, of what oh. I think is a really well used voiceover. Yeah. And it, it, Goodfellas. It's going to be. No, it's not even Goodfellas, but Goodfellas is a really good one. Even more basic bitch than Goodfellas. Fight Club. Even more basic bitch than Fight Club. Go on. The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Gotta get busy living or get busy dying. I, I, just, it, I just think it's Shawshank. a really. Shawshank. Fuck me, is that on anything? It's 
I'm making it out of four K actually. Uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a, I know it's a basic answer, but it, it does really work and make that movie a bit of a hug of a movie when it probably fucking shouldn't be. No, that's quite bleak. But you don't come out of it with a bleak feeling. No, and part of that is because Morgan Freeman is guiding you through it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good answer though. Anyone got any others? No. Nope. No, I mean, Goodfellas would be my like Good best. Um, yeah. I mean, were and, and and more for the fact that like just at that point that Lorraine uh, Bracco takes over, yeah, like takes over for a bit. You know, I think that's really powerful. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Worse, I don't, yeah, probably have to think about that a little bit longer. Um, I mean, you know, Harrison Ford. In the original cool. cut of Blade Runner, which I likened Dakota Johnson in Madame Webb to in the boy chat today. <laughs> yes. Um, like, seriously, our first bit of voiceover she does in the Madame Webb trailer, it feels like she li- they literally just said to her yesterday, the strike's over, Dakota. Could you read this for us? <laughs> she did it down the phone. She was just, like, on the toilet she just or just, like, I don't know, making tote. Yeah. yeah, just making toast for Chris Martin or something. I don't know, but yeah. That's a weird one. Yeah. I've just got to say, Chris Martin essentially being Don Johnson's son-in-law yeah. is very fun to me. And the fact that Don Johnson constantly refers to him as the boy with the band. <laughs> Does he really? Yeah. Does he really? <laughs> oh, God, I'd feel so small. <laughs> When he was talking, oh god, that's about brutal! It. And he went, he went, yeah. Well, we had Dakota and you know the boy, with, the boy with the band uh, round. <laughs> but it's like they've been together for years. Like it seems to be a pretty like. Oh yeah, but he talks stable when, like, it, relationship. But he, but he's done it a few times. He did it like Howard Stern, where he's like, you know, uh, he's saying, you know, I went out and I took, took you know, the, the boy with the band. We went out um, to, you know. To, to to the U two show and it was like this and he just keeps on referring to him as the point with the band and you okay, get the yeah. fact that that he will do it to Chris Martin's face just too bad yeah but the thing is you're there are few people in the world that will ever be fucking cooler than Don Johnson <laughs> fair <laughs> the other black items with the Marvels being released. Hopefully we can see the back of the Beastie Boys soundtrack trailer where the vocals have been placed off-beat out of the reworking instrumental. It annoys the total fuck out of me. Which trailers have you found unbearable? The Morbius one around COVID. Like, there was a lot of trailers around COVID where because things were getting delayed, it was like you'd come back to the cinemas... By the way, actually, the thing that I find unbearable at the moment, I had to go to Cineworld for Dream Scenario this weekend. Oh. There was a buzzing. There was a buzzing for the whole fucking thing. Oh, that's So annoying. thanks for that. Thanks for that, Cineworld. Also, also welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. Every time we go, I say this. We've been back for fucking years, Cineworld. Change your advert. And the fact that there is around about seven Cineworld adverts. Oh, that. And on the no. fucking, fucking best shot fucking advert that's, that shows in all the time in the cinema as well. And on all YouTube videos that... Um, you know, the find your best shot one and like your oh, AIs, your yeah. photographs. Yeah, I hate the, the that. But, yeah. Yeah, it's creepy, isn't it? Just, just, 
just honestly, right? Three years, two and a half years since cinemas were like, okay, fine, we're properly back. Yeah, stop with the welcome back thing now. Yeah, you don't. We, we know need you have it. no money, City World, but you can just take it off. Yeah, yeah. You have you you know because that point of that message is like no talking, not no texting. Cineworld, I'll do you a Microsoft Paint of no talking, no texting, <laughs> and a Cineworld thing, and upload it as a JPEG to you. <laughs> yeah, do it for free. Um, not necessarily trailer, but the um, nostalgia song done really slowly mm. is annoying the fuck out of me, and the. Every horror film trailer started with with a a cello noise at the start of it, and mm. every mere, like, man like dramatically filmed starting with a single piano chord. Scariest Didn't... film of the year. Scariest film of the year. Yeah, hate that. Uh, what was that film that came out recently? We were like, um, we were like, we were all saying, I'm not even looking forward to the film. I am just really looking forward to never seeing that trailer again. What fucking film was it? Can't remember, but yeah, there's been a couple of those recently. Yeah, things have just taken too long to come out. Yeah, we do have an Instagram question as well oh, wow. from Zombie Fish. In line with the Zelda news, who would you get to direct, and who would star in a Metroid film? Oh shit! All right, so starring, you've got a lady who's in a costume the entire time. So could be anyone. Um, I'm gonna go with Alison Janney. <laughs> That's a fucking great answer. Just at the end of the film, Met Samus takes her fucking helmet off, and it's Alison Janney, and she's had a fucking fag lit the entire time. <laughs> All right. In the spirit of that, I'm gonna go with. I'm not gonna quite Alison Janney. No, 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 no. I'm going to go um, Julie Hartigy. Julie Hartigy. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but um, just for the same shot as you, Ian. <laughs> and I want it to be directed by Margot Robbie. <laughs> so, it, you know, it can just be like Barbie's directorial debut. Uh, and it's just like this badass fucking warrior person battling shit and having a fucking backtrack her way through hours of exploration to unlock a thing and whatnot. And then at the end, takes her helmet off. It's Alice and Janney. Cuts of credits. Yeah, I, I want it to be... Uh, I, I want John Carpenter to come out of retirement for it. Has anyone seen the clip of John Carpenter been asked in a Q&A where somebody says, asks him the question, I saw it this week, of... Um, Oh, Escape from New York was a it was a, was a great, wonderful, brilliant, innovative film. Can you tell us what happened with Escape from LA? And Carpenter's response is he just go is he just gives him the finger and goes, "Fuck off." I like Escape. And then just goes next. I mean, that's a bit harsh, man. Well, I, love, I mean, but the same thing happened with um, 
Adam Driver as well this week. Didn't yeah, they? no, but the question was well, the question was a piece of shit. Pretty fucking insulting in that yeah. case. And the thing there is with that, you were going to do that to John Carpenter. John Carpenter doesn't give a shit. Oh, zero fucks given. He is he's fully embracing crotchety old man. Face. Did you see the uh, Adam Driver one? No. Was asked in another Q and A thing about yeah, the. But I mean, it was just like. I found the crash scenes in Ferrari, like, cheesy. What did you think? Yeah. <laughs> and Adam, Adam Driver's just like, I don't know, fuck you. <laughs> Next, question. Next question. And it, But, I mean, it's like, he's there doing a and a for the film he's promoting. Yeah. That guy asking that. I mean, to be fair, I almost feel like Adam Driver shouldn't have taken the bait. No, but I, it... I, it, it what, I, what I want is I want more of... Uh, what is good is you want more of of actors giving honest giving answers. honest answers. Yeah. It's why every single director wants uh, of a film that has Tom Hardy in wants to do a Q and A because you know he's going to cause someone a dickhead. But it, it's almost like right, the, the like the response. It would be cool if it was just like a lot of people worked on this film. And I get that you've got... Obviously, you have a problem with that particular sequence. But to call it out here and to ask the actor in the film at a screening of the film that, by the way, you have not paid for, Mm. I think is pretty insulting. You know, fuck... I don't know, fuck you is a very good line. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's like... It's almost like... Don't like make give that guy a thoughtful answer and fucking bury him that way. It doesn't become like fucking tabloid fodder. And it was in the moment, I get it, and it's not a criticism of Adam Driver. But that guy, why is he asking that question? No, I don't think I don't think give him a treat the question with the fucking disdain it deserves. <laughs> Like, no, why you don't deserve but, a proper answer, an intelligent answer? Fuck you is, is the correct answer for me. Like, they can't just go and think they can talk shit to people it's just because yeah. they're, 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 these people have reputations to maintain and basically have to eat shit and be nice about it. No, let, let I just them hope say, that I, oh, fuck off. Let them say when I hope it doesn't are follow Adam their, Driver. Their training regime is like for their next superhero movie and how much work they've got to lose. Let them go... Mind your own fucking business. What kind of question is that? Like, they should be allowed to be humans. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I just... I, I hope that Driver's not, like, planted with a, oh, he's difficult kind of label because of that reaction. But Bex, yeah, I mean, that's a fucking fair challenge, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe he'll think twice about asking a shitty question next time oh, he's I don't think he will because no. he'll be like I'm going to get that kind of reaction yeah. out of someone I'm going to do that more yeah that's the problem but, but, but then he's going to get told to fuck you quite a lot more yeah. and eventually someone else go yeah you're not allowed near me mm. yeah <laughs> uh, I hope so what are we covering next week Ian oh man it's a busy one next week isn't it Jesus uh, alright so Rustin is on Netflix yep so there's that but also Eli Roth's Thanksgiving um, sorry, uh, Rustin. Um, we're gonna have Eli Roth's Thanksgiving, uh, Saltburn. Yep. Really. Um, and I think it's either gonna be yep. an absolute piece of shit, like nailed down a chalkboard, or well, that had some nice visuals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, 
I bet it goes. I'm assuming so, we're, yeah. we're all swerving the fucking Yeah, Hunger we're swerving games. the Hunger Games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, no, I'm, we're good. I'm very we're much good. here for that. That's fine. Right. Apparently it's apparently it's all right. But yes, we will swerve it. We yes. will swerve it. Right. Well, thank you very much, listeners. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Thanks, Mark. And thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much. Bye. And we shall speak to you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>